right, guys, here we are. We've got another Cleveland Moto Zoom podcast. And our podcast tonight, um, in order of absolutely no order whatsoever, we're going to say person whose origin is furthest from Cleveland is <laughs> to my left. <laughs> and today, actually, last, last week I showed my rally mug, but... I forgot that actually this is so you can't see crap on it. For origin. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's oh, totally oh, chroma keying out. Oh yep. my god. Focus the fuck. There you go. There you go. Nice. High rollers, baby. High rollers. 2020. Is that a pint glass or is that a No, it's the actual the actual glass. Yeah. Very cool. Back to the beach. So wine it is. Nice. Yeah. Wine out of a pint glass. Extremely yeah. classy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get my pinky up, so it's all good. There you go. That, that lets it breathe really well. It does. Yeah. yeah. There it goes. Whirl it. Yeah. <laughs> and then to Oscar's left. Oh, uh, me? Oh. <laughs> I think yeah, well, it's you now. I think it would be normally, wouldn't it be uh, Chris? Oh, you're right. Yep. Chris all Smith. right. We'll, we'll say Chris Smith. All and right. Normally to his left. Dan Kropke. Woo! And to his left. Johnny Mack. And to his left. Nick DeVito. Yes. And to his left. Steve There you go. We already killed half this bottle, so it's going to be a fun one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. To his left. Uh, Me and I... I went to the beer store and they're locked, but they're, they'll deliver you something. So I said, give me an IPA. And so they brought me this. It's oh, there you go. Yeah. So it's not too bad. Oh, yeah. What's very um, funny is the bottle. Um, that, uh, oh, yeah. You got uh, our shades. This is a, a made in downtown Akron, actually. Yeah, oh, I think really? you guys are drinking the same beer. Mm-hmm. Almost. This is a West Coast IPA. Oh, Nick, what do you this have? This is a Topath and Pale Ale. Oh, they're okay. both our shades, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that bottle that uh, Steve Hofford held up is a bottle that John uh, Mecklefresh and I saw for sale at a liquor store in Portland because that's a Kentucky Derby uh, uh, Woodford Reserve, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so. Hold it up and talk, Steve. I want to see the bottle. Hold the bottle up, Steve. So every year for Kentucky Derby, they do these limited edition runs of Woodford Reserve. And the funny thing is, is when they first launched these, um, and they sell them at the Derby, and they sell them everywhere, and people collect every year to have this like sequential history of the Kentucky Derbies. Um, we saw that, it, and they're not always the best seller, but it's still Woodford Reserve, so it's still really fucking good. So despite the fact that this year in particular, we saw that at the liquor store for less than a normal bottle of Woodford Reserve. <laughs> so the limited wow. edition bottle of Kentucky Derby Woodford Reserve was going for uh, less money than just buying a regular generic bottle of Woodford Reserve. And let me ask you, is there, an, is, is there any difference between the two? Or are they just No, they're exactly the same. Just the bottle? Yeah, just huh. the bottle. It's a commemorative bottle. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's there you have it. Tonight on Drinking with uh, Cleveland Moto, I, <laughs> um, last night, so it was you and Renee went to LBM last night, right? Oscar? Yeah, we- they just opened a couple of days ago just to uh, to open the kitchen. Mm-hmm. They're not serving any drinks or anything, but at least they they're, they 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 open for takeout. 
Okay, for takeout. And so what they're doing is really interesting is they're doing cocktails to go. And uh, what they provide you with is they provide you with a mason jar that contains all of the bar mix that you would need to build a classic cocktail or one of their signature cocktails. And then all you have to do is add, you know, your, your own ingredients, uh, the booze part of the ingredients, because, of course, the uh, little jar they're selling you doesn't have a liquor seal on it. It doesn't have a tax stamp on it. So the, uh, the one that uh, they got from me last night was the Mai Tai mix. So what they're selling you in the jar is they're selling you almond, uh, demerara sugar, lime juice, water, and uh, a little bit of orange blossom water. And then you've got to add your own rum. You've got to add your own curacao. And then you got to add uh, what they're saying is you could use, you could add like a Mai Tai mix to it. And what I did was I just used a Cointreau and the uh, Plantation uh, or the Appleton Estate and a little Cointreau. And boy, I'll tell you, it really made a good cocktail. And they say you can get about a dozen cocktails out of one of those mason jars. Hmm. Wow. Now, I'm a bit of a heavy pour, and I don't <laughs> pour a four-ounce cocktail. So, uh, but I, I think we'll do pretty good on it. So we'll see. But that's uh, that's, that's number one or number two. <laughs> this is this is number one and a half. So I, I sampled it as I was building it, and I kept kind of adjusting the ratios. So yeah, nice. Hey, my buddy, might... quit drinking. I was uh, fortunate enough to score a bottle of this. Wow! Wow! Yeah. That was part of uh, the box of booze that his wife set out on the porch for me to pick up. Oh, my God. I'm like, you picked the wrong time to quit drinking, buddy. Yeah, he should have waited a couple of weeks. Yeah. He should have gone through all of his good stock. Yeah, well, that's that's my friend who is an ICU nurse who is taking Mm -hmm. care of COVID patients right now as we speak. Yeah. Hey, Chris, do we have a joke of the day? Yeah, you guys want to hear a joke? Always. (laughs) So an old man in Mississippi is sitting on his front porch watching the sunrise. He sees the neighbor's kid walk by carrying something big under his arm. Hey, boy, what do you got there? A roll of chicken wire. What are you going to do with that? I'm going to catch some chickens. (laughs) You damn fool, you can't catch chickens with chicken wire. The boy just laughs and keeps walking. That evening at sunset, the boy comes walking by, dragging behind him the chicken wire and about 30 chickens caught in it. Oh, Jesus. The next morning, the old man's out watching the sunrise, and he sees the boy walk by carrying something in his hand. Hey, boy, what do you got there? A roll of duct tape. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? <laughs> I'm going to catch me some ducks. Hey, damn fool, you can't catch ducks with duct tape. The boy just laughs and keeps walking. That night around sunset, the boy walks by, trailing behind him the unrolled roll of duct tape with about 35 ducks caught in it. <laughs> <laughs> the next morning, the old man sees the boy walking by, carrying what looks like a long reed and something fuzzy on the end. Hey, boy, what do you got there? It's a pussy willow. <laughs> Wait up, I'll get my hat. <laughs> Good that one. Fantastic. That, that, was done, week, done. that was this week's boomer joke. That was good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I go I go through hundreds of them a week just to find one that maybe uh will <laughs> make the cut. Yeah. Yeah. You've been a lot pretty of them reliable. Failed. A lot of them failed. 
So uh, oh, I can't even imagine which one of the, are the ones that uh, were left on the cutting <laughs> floor. <laughs> yeah. So um, who else has been pretty much working a standard 40 plus hour week? Right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's, that's most of us. Uh, yeah. Every time I'm on Facebook and I, I read everybody on Facebook talking about how um, oh my God, the walls are closing in around me and I've never experienced such boredom. And uh, it, it, it's a little tough because I think we're actually working harder than we have ever worked before. Um, I certainly know yeah. that Dr. Waters is working harder than she's ever worked before because instead of just walking into somebody's office and saying something and then continuing with her fucking day and having other missions to accomplish because she has about 1,200 things a day she has to do. She now has to wait until she does the fucking Zoom meeting or whatever, you know, various different types of communication to put these ideas out and get these things to happen. So she's working much harder, yet not leaving our house, you know. It's, it's really weird. So what else has anybody else got going on? Uh, I, mean, I can tell you that it's uh... – Way easier dealing with this after being retired for three years because it's uh, pretty much just the same as always. <laughs> we're, uh, we're at work. We're trying really hard. We're trying to bust out 25 new cop cars because the city of Cleveland went to one man per car. So they're driving around. A guy, you and your partner are driving around in two separate cars following each other around. So so they're scrambling to get as many vehicles on the road. So they're pulling cars, you know, that haven't ran and whatever, and they're bringing in. And we're doing our our normal repairs, but also whatever else we can do to make the cars cars more serviceable. Plus, there's you know ambulance. I mean, just all kinds of stuff like that. And in the meantime, my asshole boss, who if there's one good thing after all this is done, I hope he will no longer be with us. But that's another story, but, <laughs> but he, he's basically just full speed ahead. Like nothing's going on, you know, came into the shop one day during all this and was talking about, ah, it's no big deal. I was out shopping and doing all this. Meanwhile, he's working from home mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and actually going to try to get us to start a project, putting GPSs in snowplow trucks right now. I'm like, why are we fucking doing that? We are filing a grievance and all kinds of stuff. It's just crazy. But but for the most part, you know, we feel good about at least doing the, the police work and the safety services and everything like that. I mean, that you feel like you're helping stuff. Although, yeah, going in an ambulance, I mean, I've had to do, you know, on a good day. <laughs> and then, then now it's like, oh, my God. You know, the back of the ambulance gets decontaminated, but the front of the ambulance with the radio is stuff. Whoa. So, you know, we're full PPE. I mean, as much as we can, the city doesn't provide anything for us. So, but, you know, I'm wearing surgical masks, gloves, goggles. I've got some rubbing alcohol. I spray myself down every time. It's crazy. But, yeah. Hey, can I, can I say this? I, uh, I drive to work every day, and uh, the traffic out there has been down, gosh, 70, 80, 90%. But oh, it's I the will. fucking autobahn in the morning, 90 mile an hour, and you're getting passed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the one thing I noticed is there's still the same high proportion of asshole drivers out there, even though there's less of them. They, it's got to be a direct proportion of drivers out there are, are assholes. So there's still 65% of 
of the drivers are assholes, even though there's 90% less drivers. Right. So that's a direct corollary. Yeah. And it is, it's turned into Los Angeles style driving techniques where uh, today I was doing a lot of driving with the truck and I'm doing the driving with the truck and the trailer on. And I've, so I, everywhere I went today, I had like four bikes. So I, you know, two bikes in the back of the truck and two bikes on the trailer. And so when I do that, I like to like hang around 60, 65 miles an hour just to keep everything together. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's hilarious how many people are just blasting. I mean, they are, they're, they're definitely turning it up and on Lorraine. So you guys know where our shop is. Um, it's always like in front of our store, for some reason, Lorraine is like a display of speed all the time. And yeah. number of people that are just, you know, they're showing you everything they've got all day long because they know the police aren't going to chase them. Well, I, only remember, I saw some state police out on 90 yeah. because I ran out to the Lowe's out there. I was trying to get canisters for Eric's, uh, his mask because he's just using freaking paper mask. I don't know. It's crazy, but uh, there was a, a state trooper actually trying to slow the traffic down. You know, they could be out there just parked on the side of the road. They don't necessarily have to actually pull anybody over, but people would slow down if at least there was visibility, but they're out, I mean, I don't know. When I'm driving to work in the morning, it's like Lakewood to Newburgh Heights is about less than 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We're all over 482. It's so. definitely the Autobahn. At least it's not Mad Max yet. Yeah. Uh, there's nobody throwing sprocket. Nobody's throwing a sprocket through my windshield. <laughs> least, yeah. For me, it's been like, I mean, my work is digital anyway, so I, I, I just started this week working from home. Plus, it hasn't been a big change. The only thing is that I'm 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 a I'm a just animal of, of just habit. So I just wake up the same time, do the same routine, I get out of uh, get on the car, drive around the block, and then come back. And then I turn on my, my laptop because I just I this is what so Renee told me that Renee told me that you are literally waking up, yeah. getting in your car, and yep. driving around the block. Just up to, to that point, when I get up to the car, it's exactly the same as like any other day. Yeah. Then I go back and then I start my day, even though officially I'm starting like 30 minutes before because there's a 30-minute commute that I go to, to the office. So I'm doing exactly the same thing, and then I, and then I start my day. So the, the days have been longer because just the, the workload, nothing to do with the virus or anything, but just the workload in general has been picking up a lot. But, but yeah, that definitely, uh, I, I just love my routine and I don't want to fuck it up because I, I have really bad sleeping patterns. Mm -hmm. If I start waking up later or not do the same thing, it'll skew me over and for me to pick it up again, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hell. So I just, oh, see, I, I feel sorry for you, Oscar, because I can fall asleep in 30 seconds at any time. <laughs> I, so if I close my eyes for 30 seconds, I'm asleep. The only time I can do that is when I'm sick, and if I do that, because the thing, the problem is that I have is that I used to work at least for two or three years the the graveyard shift from yeah. seven p.m. to seven in the morning for solid years. So that screwed me up because when I was doing that, I was I was I had a girlfriend at the time, and every time that I um, so I, those were three and a half days. So over the weekend, I shifted yeah. like my my wake up pattern. Like totally the opposite. Every week for two years, I was shifting, like sleeping over mornings and nights, like every other week. 
So that screwed me up really bad. So now if I if I fall asleep during the weekend for like 30 minutes like you're saying, my hours, as soon as I wake up, eight hours after that, then I can fall asleep. So it just shipped this like really bad, like harsh. So I can't do that anymore. Yeah, that's the swing shift sucks because I did that for years. And I would work two days on, like from 6 to 6, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and then I would take two days off, and then I would come back 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. So then every time I would come in, I would come in on an opposite shift. Just leave it open. I think that's called your circadian rhythm. Well, yeah, it sucks. In the two days, you could do two days. But if you have to work three days in a row, like you did three days, three days fucks you all up. But two yep. days you can do. I mean, anybody so, can there for two days straight. So, but, Hopper, is is three days then equivalent to a bottle of Weller? <laughs> I, I wish I had that bottle of Weller. I'll trade you that <laughs> Woodward Reserve for that Weller right now. Just, just, he's here, trying here to go, just pass it along. Just, just, here, have a sip. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've been loving this, man, because I usually get up at 6, leave the house at 7, and we got to get the kids ready and everything. The kids are home. I don't have to go anywhere. So I get up at like 7.59. <laughs> I just roll in front of my computer at 8. So I, I have friends from, from uh, where I used to – well, this is the same company, but from, from Milwaukee that they usually get into the office, I don't know, 8 because they lived in Chicago and have to commute all the way to Milwaukee every single day. So I've been logging in to the, to the, to the machine at 5.30 in the morning. They're already there because wow. they don't have to do any of that shit now. They don't have an hour commute. They don't have to worry about that stuff. So you're just logging in earlier and then just getting their day just way earlier than they used to. Well, I've been going in later because, and you know, I always wake up at 3 in the morning and go to work. Yeah. I'm like, fuck it. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to try to stay as healthy as possible yeah. so that I don't get sick. Yeah. So I go in, I'll just sleep till whenever I can sleep. So some days I wake up at five, I go to work. Some days I wake up at eight, I go to work. I'm like, this is actually nice for me because I don't feel like obligated. I've been sleeping great. My wife's been staying over at the mother-in-law's house. (laughs) 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 Well, I don't blame her. Well, (laughs) We're providing twenty four seven care for mother in law now. Right, she got that's exactly it. Mom. And yeah, they, so that's they working. kicked her out of the hospital. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're we're talking about the same thing for my mom too, because we pulled her out of the nursing home because nursing homes are so risky right now. Well, and you can't have any, you can't get any access to them. Right. Yeah. So my sister's staying in town until uh, Monday, but then after Monday, we got to figure out a way to get round the clock care for my mom. And so we're talking about, you know, uh, somebody kind of among the, the people that are up here around her, you know, spending overnights, you know, a couple of nights a week. So uh, Peggy's been doing it every night. She's going to stay home tonight. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we found a way around things. <laughs> <laughs> You know, put mother-in-law's deaf, so after she goes to bed. I mean, oh, really? Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, Nick DeVito, Nick, can, uh, can you help uh, help Hoffert with his garage, get that cleaned up a little bit? I know, <laughs> just looking at that. I want to know what the fuck that's set up, because I think he has a burner down there. He's he's like, what are you burning over there, Wait, wait, there, quiet, quiet, he's back. Oh, oh shit. Oh, 
I heard my name, and I was I was going over to have a tech tip for people, but I was going to pull some parts out. Oh, okay. So what's your setup that you have back there? Do you have some burner? Do you, are you making some uh, homebrew? Focus. Come on. That's my. Uh, that's how I make beer. It looks like a oh, shit system. It is. <laughs> it's not like Crumpkey's because he's you know, he's the the man. I I respect everything he says about brewing. So I mean, I have a, I mean, I sterilize everything. I do everything the way I'm supposed to do it. But but I mean, I have a. A one keg. I mean, I can make like ten gallons of beer at a time, and it's hard for me to heat. So, Steve, I, I'll tell you anything I know about beer, and if I don't know it, I'll just make it up. <laughs> more than more than I know. So, a I mean, true I, snob. A true snob. I have a good batch right now, and it still tastes good. So, I mean, I've been testing it; it tastes really good. So, hey, I just. I was gonna say, hey, Steve. If if you need um, a burners to heat up your uh, your stuff, let me know because I got a couple in my, at my house that'll get it ripping and roaring for you. Well, well, my problem is the last time I brewed, it was like zero degrees out. So my my when I was trying to um, sorry, half a bottle of Woodford Reserve is, <laughs> but when I was trying to convert the sugars. I couldn't get the. I got the temperature up to 154, but it dropped really fast. So I ended up doing a lot of alpha, alpha instead of beta conversion, and it made a lot of alcohol. But it's really dry. But I mean, I like dry beer anyway, so it doesn't matter. All right. I just bought 20 feet of copper tube. Guess what I'm going to do with that? <laughs> uh, Meet a new girl. Make a worm. <laughs> Ooh, aren't you? <laughs> I think I'm gonna mess around doing some distillation. Oh, really? Yeah, little little hobby. Yeah, a little something like that. Yeah, I'm definitely. I really thought that when this whole thing started, that I'd be ending up spending a lot more time around the house. I I thought that you know, uh, but no, it's really not. We've uh, we added the whole idea of doing free pickups for the service department. And uh, so if you guys can take a look and see what's behind me. Uh, what do you got? I recognize that bike? Yep. I recognize Chris. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, uh, so that's Chris's bike. And I got that out today, pulled that out of the warehouse and cleaned it up. And How's uh, it run? Oh, it's, it's fantastic. And I took it out for a ride around the neighborhood. And it's just, it's one of those things that uh, I know it sounds silly, but of all the bikes in my life that I have truly enjoyed riding, this particular motorcycle, this Kawasaki Drifter, it's not, I mean, it violates all the rules. It's a cruiser and it's not fuel injected. And uh, I, it, but it, it just does everything really well and it's light on its feet. It's, it's not heavy like a cruiser. So it feels It's only great. an 800. That's, yeah, it's that's 800cc. Yeah, which by today's standards, I guess would be small, but it, pulls like a freight train it makes really good sound and it's very fun to ride it around uh and it, it's just one of those things that i got to ride this bike today and uh, i rode about four or five different motorcycles today and by far this was absolutely my favorite bike to ride guess who i bought that from dude i'm telling you whoever <laughs> set you up with that bike was somebody who was looking out for you uh, that's right that's right 
Yeah, do, you do, you me, do you remember how much that bike cost me? Way it better. wasn't very much money. Setup, or that 1500 setup, that 800 motor is a sweet motor. Yeah, the, the 800 motor is, it's a really, really sweet motor. 800 cc seems to be like there's a sweet spot with every motorcycle that was ever 800 cc's. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that one. You kind of don't need anything over 800, to be honest. I mean, mm -hmm. what do you need? If, I mean, it'll do over 100. It'll be fine. I mean, it's fine, and it doesn't stress anything. So right. mm -hmm. it's good for longevity. So, it's good for... So seven. 750s just won't cut it. It has to be 800. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But I mean, look at the VT. Look at the VT 800, and mm -hmm. the same. Basically, the engine that's in the uh, PC 800 and the VT 800. Although that was only a four-speed. Right. But those were very sweet motors that were like they were super balanced. I mean, yeah. v, in, a, in a V twin. I mean, I mean a 750. I mean, I guess you could say the. V4s were 750s, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a plenty of V4 750s, V twins. I mean, but but I mean, look at the the V twin Hondas. They put out like 50 horsepower. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the yeah, cows this bike are better. Is, yeah, this bike is a really really fun bike, and it's it's one of those ones. If if anybody ever wants to to light up and tell tell me how wrong I am about this motorcycle, uh, because you're right. I wouldn't look twice at a normal uh, Kawasaki Vulcan 800, a normal one. But the Drifter, for some reason, uh, yeah, I'll take all that silly Indian, you know. I was about to say, did, you know, did they drive by Indian just going like this the whole time when they made yeah, that? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. even has the frills a, on the seats. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really. I made those I like myself. It, I like it that it's. I like it that it's clean and it doesn't have any saddle bikes or any of that bullshit. It's just a clean, yeah. streamlined bike. You can see the lines. Yeah. 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 And it's got the feet pedestals, which are nice. The yeah. floorboards. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm either. I'm fifty-fifty on floorboards. I. I don't necessarily need floorboards on this bike. They look right because mm -hmm. of the the inspiration behind the bike. Um, is that vintage retro um, Indian, you know, with the balanced fenders and the Art Deco style. But uh, it is fun riding it around today. It's, I had, today I had ridden the uh, Harley Davidson Fat Boy that we took in on trade. I had ridden uh, the big BMW, the K1200 RS. I had ridden a genuine uh, G400C, and I had ridden this bike. And of all those bikes, uh, this one was the one that was like that was the Goldie the Goldilocks principle was right there. That's the that's the one. Just right. Yeah, just right. Absolutely, just right. So perfectly, well, perfectly fun. Now, did, and, did, and if you remember when I bought that from you, and it had to be about six or seven years ago. Yeah. It had three thousand miles on it. Right. And yeah. the cost was three thousand bucks. Mm -hmm. I, holy shit. Yeah. It was I mean, a no-brainer deal. I mean, as yeah. far as, and now these things are starting to really pop. Their value is coming back. Yeah. People, yeah. I'm a cult bike. Yeah. And you, you found that in Burton. Yeah, that was out in Burton. Original owner. Yep. And the, the other thing I like about it is it's completely debadged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it truly is. In fact, I think I have badges um yeah, in we the don't cabinet behind me. Badges. <laughs> <laughs> <Got 'em. laughs> yeah 
but the uh, but yeah, I was gonna I was just gonna comment. It was it was just like it was the perfect bike for today. It had the windshield on because it's still chilly out. It's still cold, you know. Uh, so that was the uh, it was the perfect bike to take a spin on today. Anybody else get any riding in today? I I took my daughter out on the buddy for a, a neighborhood cruise, and that was about it. But never lets you down. The buddy's a fun bike too, always. Mm -hmm. I fit six 12 packs on my uh, PC uh, or my my uh, C70. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. Seventy. So when you need seventy-two beers, the right bike to have is a C70. Yeah. <laughs> a beer per CC. too, but I they they ran out. I took all the truth they had. So. <laughs> oh jeez. So you have seventy-two. 7.9% beer is just sitting around, huh? Well, my wife came yeah. home, so there's probably half of them left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got 40 oh left now. <laughs> no, but I have those ba those expandable baskets yeah. on the side. So yep. they, they, they fold in close. I mean, those are the best things. I wish I could find some more of those. But, right. But uh, I got them from some kid in, like, Strongsville who was getting – like, he had a moped, and it wasn't cool to have those baskets on the side. Right. But, man, they're the coolest things ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a 12-pack fits in perfectly, and you could slide four 12-packs on each side. What? Wow. I not have tried that. My God. <laughs> yeah, man, I guess – Here, here, wait. Here. Right? Here you go. It's like yeah, it was made thing. for that. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, you think that that's nine yeah, exactly. beers? <laughs> Expanded. Come on, Nobody guys. Every beer that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fuck that's yeah. exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. Oh wow, that's awesome. That is a lot of space. You could also get forty-six chickens to market. <laughs> and a your <laughs> family. Take so your cat and a adventure cub. Yeah. You can take a cat to a vet, dog to somewhere if you have to. <laughs> I'm afraid we're going to get a dick pic from Grumpy Sore Guy. No, no. <laughs> oh, talking about dick pics, did, did we get any email from Rant or the uh, new Rant? The new Rant. I'll, let me go ahead and I'll read you, I'll read you what, uh, what activity we've had uh, oh, shit. over the past, uh, past few days. Um, things have quieted down. Uh, a bit. Really? I thought it was going to be the other way around since people I did are too. actually yep. working from home. So. Um, uh, Big Ben wants to make sure that we know that, uh, according to Yahoo.com, the Honda ADV150 is now available in the U.S. as of uh, April 2nd. Um, the ADV150 motorbike is officially available on U.S. shores. Um, it's, it's, it, it's here. I mean, it's real. Yesterday. There it is. Hmm. Um, so if anybody's interested in getting a 150cc, um, very tall-looking scooter, uh, yeah, it's they, they call it the Honda City Adventure concept, and uh, yeah, there you have it. So how much is it? Uh, let me pull it pull it up here. It's uh, in this particular listing. It looks like it's got everything. I mean, it is essentially. They said it's what happens, what you get when you cross an Africa Twin and a PCX 150. And oh. <laughs> it does actually, it, it says okay. this was actually designed specifically for Steve Hoffert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's right in the marketing uh, material. Apparently they should have it's available. The Steve and Go. Yeah. <laughs> apparently it's available for 149,000 uh, 
Filipino Ballers. pesos or whatever they use. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so pays. that's the game. Yeah, so it doesn't say uh, it does not say a U.S. price on there, but it does. Uh, I mean, it looks the business, and it's got a really badass digital display. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, does have an electric windshield? Uh, it looks like it does. Yeah, although the but windshield. You know looks, I'm going to go to Dale tomorrow and see if I can order one. The windshield looks really small. Wait, um, don't shake your head, Oscar. It's got uh, <laughs> rear. Remote reservoir shocks that say Showa on the side. Mm. Oh wow, that's kind of that's kind of cool. So that's kind of a nifty looking thing. So, yeah. So there you have it. So that's a that's a new tip from our friend Big Ben. Uh, super cool. And uh, that was uh, not joking though. We have had some we've had some stuff. If you guys have a second, I'll read this to you. Um, this is, again, we have heard from this fellow before. This is Drew Davis uh, from Northwest Ohio, but he's not there anymore. And uh, he said... Rand, uh, Rand, Rand, Rand. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. There's, sorry, guys. There's not going to be any Rand today. Um, there's, just, there's no Rand, right? Yeah, which causes me a small amount of concern, but no Rand. <laughs> oh, well. No as well. long as his money keeps coming uh, in, who cares? Hey, Sleepy, where the fuck are you? <laughs> What? Yeah. Where are you? <laughs> yeah, who's in your background there, buddy? Man. It's, uh, <laughs> here we go. It's, uh, holy shit, I'm sorry I got carried away. Next time I'll text when I'm off the Jameson and not riding on an adrenaline high. Y'all are amazing, and I've listened to all your episodes twice through. I sell and service ambulances and spend a lot of time in the road and love what you guys got going on. I've also met you guys at Mid-Ohio when we guys had, when we had the V7 out there selling raffle tickets. Uh... Phil, you are the man, but you heathens need to take it easy on Cam. So he says, uh, I'll try to have a beer with you all at Mid-Ohio. And uh, so today, this was today at 1123, he said, how's it going, Cleveland Moto Brethren? All is well in my neck of the woods. I hope that you and yours is healthy and safe from this ridiculousness. Thank you for reading my email on the previous podcast. I love the Brady Bunch music. <laughs> uh, that was a classy touch, gentlemen. One small thing, though. You never got around to answering my question as to whether or not there are any known issues to get ahead of or critical failures that you've seen regarding the FJR. Not trying to be a pain in the ass, just wanting to take care of my bike and keep it on the road for miles to come. Not necessary to read it on the podcast. Y'all are awesome and keep it up. Please and thank you for your input. Possible topic for conversation, best riding schools for experienced riders, best riding schools for new riders. With the new season coming up, it would be wise for riders to brush up on their skills, and I'm also wanting to grow my skill set to ride even faster and take even more chances. Also, uh, Phil, I feel as though I'm no longer worthy to be in your presence in slight until I step up my hat game considerably. Um, Oscar, what kind of chair is that? That shit looks comfy as fuck, and Cam, love the Terminator shades. Nicely done, sir. So, Okay, the uh, first thing is he should notice that we never answer questions. <laughs> and two, like two or three of us are just chopped liver, apparently. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, so the chair is a zero-gravity chair, and it is comfy as fuck. So just look it up, zero-gravity chairs, worth the money. They're not that expensive. Good stuff. Good did, stuff. Did, did you have that like with your old CRT monitor suspended over you so you could sit back? <laughs> of course I did. Come on. 
The uh, regarding his FJR, realistically, FJRs are legendary. Um, it's one of the first bikes where Yamaha had everything together in the same pile, and there's very few fucking problems with these things at all. the The best thing I could say about FJRs is you could probably go thirty percent, maybe forty percent over on when it says for um, uh, valve train maintenance and be safe you know, without panicking. Uh, but, you know, you don't let it go for double the interval, but you can go a little bit longer than you should and be totally safe. Um, they're, they're really fucking great motorcycles. They're just, it's, it's Yamaha. I mean, it's, it's that, it's, it, they have earned that status that we used to say Honda, and we're like, yeah, it's going to be fine. It's a fucking Honda. And Yamaha definitely now has that. They have achieved that level of, uh, that reputation for reliability. I'm a big Honda guy, but I'm definitely very Yama curious. I it's definitely my my number two brand. Yeah. I def, there's definitely lots of Yamahas that interest me, especially the FJR. And you know, I've ridden the FCO, my buddy's FCO nine, and boy, I don't know when I start sizing up bikes, like what would you know if I was going to buy a new bike? A lot of times it bounces between Hondas and Yamahas. Uh-huh. Yep. I know, I'm a, my second brand is Kawasaki. Mm-hmm. Is your second brand Kawasaki? No, just because I started out on one, and I don't know why I like it. I mean, I guess they say that what you start out on is what you like. But, I mean, Honda, I have mostly Hondas, but Kawasaki's are okay. Mm-hmm. And I've never had an issue with one. Kawasaki's have always had pretty good performance, in my estimation. Like, they always went pretty fast. They always seemed to have good acceleration. And, I, and then they killed you. But I don't know. I mean, I don't – I just <laughs> – <laughs> aside from like the, the KT900s, I kind of like those. It just none of them have ever jumped out as being like a really neat looking or cool bike to me. I don't know. What's a super duper ha- uh, Kawasaki that you really like besides a KZ900? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, I got to say that for me, for Kawasaki's, the concourse is always going to be um, right. that's a high watermark. So the concourse has always been – it's been exactly what you want it to be. Um, and I was just given a love fest for the drifter, so. Yeah. yeah. And, well, like the WS650, that's an old bike, but yeah, I don't know. There just hasn't been a lot – there's been a lot of malaise in the – I just – I don't know why I don't really get into Kawasaki very much. And then Suzuki might as well not even exist in my world. I can't. <laughs> They're like, hey, for 2021, we're going to do another color scheme on the DR650. Congratulations. Yeah. For for Suzuki though, what I will say is, the ones that they that they do stick with. So like the SV650 is magic, and it is magic, and and all SV650s have been magic, and the DRs are are as absolutely as unfuckwithable as a KLR. It's literally just you know left channel or right channel when it comes to KLR versus DR. Well, that's and what I was just thinking. You know, I sat there and kind of dismissed Kawasaki, but I'm like. Oh, but there's the KLR 650, but that's just the bread, bread and butter bike, but it's a heck of a good bike. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, uh, so like every manufacturer does have something that's, that they do, that they do have an excellent reputation for. So that's I mean, I, I haven't owned a Yamaha, but I think I'm on the same boat with Johnny Mac. I mean, it's, I've owned Hondas, but it's just aesthetics of, Yamaha. I like the line. I like the designs, and I think that's that. That will be my go-to next one if, uh, after a Honda. 
the fuck, dude? I, <laughs> I do like the fact that when we did the when Steve set the podcast up for us last week, or when he set up the uh, the YouTube, that we did have all the nine channels going at the same time. Yeah, that was good. I like that because rather than having a camera that pans around to different people, which is fucking great, there's nine things, or in this case, eight things people can fucking look at. We're missing one. <laughs> Dan said, you know what? It's going to be too easy for you to sync all the audio, so I'm going to come and go about three times just to make right. that a lot more fun for you. going to make it a lot more fun. Yeah. Well, I'm Thanks, not done Sam. yet. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, so it's it's funny. I got a message from uh, AMA Vintage Days yesterday Uh-oh. That, that said, we assure you that we are still taking your money for your booth spaces. They'll sell you a camping space too, probably too. Oh no, it was it was it was extraordinarily well established that they were open for fucking business and that until you heard otherwise from them, they were planning on going ahead full steam ahead for this uh for this year's AMA vintage days. Well, That's the way it's happening. And, and the yeah. good part they, they announced today for Ohio is that, uh, what, like it's going to peak, hopefully they say mid-May here and kind of go down. Like, you know, well, that's the estimation of what's going to happen. You know, I mean, can, if, you look, if you look at the 1918 flu, the Spanish flu that killed all these people, St. Louis was ahead of the curve, and they did exactly what Ohio did. But – their curve like flattened very rapidly and they were fine. But then as soon as they let people out, they had a, a huge secondary curve. Yeah. So it wasn't as great as the first curve. It was slightly less than the secondary or first curve, but you can't go back. They're not going to be able to let anybody back out. Right. Until they're the vaccine, you have to stay like this. Otherwise, if you go back out and start hanging out and open up the restaurants, it takes off like it would have taken off the restaurants. Yeah, right. They're gonna have to. They have to get a serontology uh, test to see if you already have the uh, immu- immune the antibodies. Yeah, yeah, the antibodies. My, girlfriend, that, my first girlfriend in high school works for Abbott Laboratories. Buy that stock. They're the ones who just announced a five-minute COVID test. So in five minutes, they can tell whether you've got it. Approval for it, and they're supposed to be distributing those soon. Well, Edison Hedges or said they have a, a, a tobacco-based uh, vaccine for this thing. Okay, wow, I like tobacco. I right to get it. <laughs> Immediately, what they could do though is you could be doing blood transfusions if you got the money, and somebody who's gotten healthy, you could do a blood transfusion. And you can get the antigens that way. So that's an immediate way to get a vac- vaccination like that. But Well, I say if mid-Ohio doesn't happen, right. that week we all get the same bottle of some whiskey and then we do a podcast that starts with everybody cracking the bottle and we stay on until the bottles are gone or somebody... Uh-oh. Oh, Uh-oh. My God. oh so it's going to be a 20-minute podcast? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. So, Phil, Phil you, should, you, you should ask the AMA Vintage Days people... Everybody needs check. to pay themselves. Ask them if they'll take a post-dated third-party out-of-state check. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, and this is, and we today, uh, today was the day that they launched the program, or they were supposed to launch today the program for the small business loans, the payroll uh, protection loan, 
that I'm sure everybody's heard about uh, that's going to give business owners the ability to have a loan that will cover two and a half months to their payroll, which is great because um, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I'm in the motorcycle industry. And in the past 30 days, we have sold fuck all in the way of new bikes compared to where we're supposed to be for you know March and April. Mm-hmm. And it's been service only trying to pay the bills. And today we we went on uh, Chase, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase's site, and we went on KeyBank's site to uh, participate in the SBA loan. And the idea was that these uh, $350 billion was supposed to be distributed out through all of these SBA-approved lenders. Uh, and it was to start this morning at uh, open of business hours. And it turns out only one bank, uh, Bank of America, was the only bank that was actually uh, letting you fill out the application and approving people for their applications. And they were only doing it for their customers that had existing accounts uh, because J.P. Morgan Chase and KeyBank and other banks had felt that this SBA loan wasn't a good enough deal for them. So rather than straight up saying, we're not participating in this, which would be un-American, they instead said, oh, we're having trouble getting the form uh, right, and, and uh, the, the form doesn't work right, so hang in there, and, and we'll get this form to you guys. We'll let you know as soon as we have it figured out, as soon as enough applications are done to make that $350 billion go away. Don't touch your face. I can't hear you. Don't touch your face. I can't hear you. Hey, are these alone? I can't hear you. Uh, you have to call me back. <laughs> are these the same right. banks that got bailed out back in 2008? Yes, they are. In fact, uh, free government JP, money. Yeah, J.P. Morgan Chase is, of course, one of the biggest. So you need. A, you I want something that that's forgivable. Too. They were talking about giving, doing like loans that would be forgivable after so many years. Like you know what I mean? Like this is this is exactly this is exactly the program that we're talking about. And the idea behind that is that loan, uh, so far, I only know of one bank that we found today uh, that was allowing people to participate in that. One, you had to be their existing customer, so nobody could come in who wasn't their existing customer. And two, you know, people say $350 billion sounds like a lot of money, and it is a fuck ton of money. But it's going to go away really quickly because – fat cat monster businesses that have a $2 million payroll every yeah. uh, pay period, um, they qualify for this as well. But I thought so. that it was capped at $10,000. No, it's it's not. It's uh, Small business versus big business. Yeah, because the one and, that I applied for was uh, 10000 It's capped at 10000 Right. Maybe for you, but not for big business. No, the yeah, ten thousand small business, but the the reason I applied for it is because I'm not charging my customers right now because right. they can't like half of them are shut down, but I still have to do my job and they can't pay me. Yeah. So right. well, the payroll. Was, I'll take this loan, and I'll I'll float you I'll float you the service over the next few months, right. and I won't charge you for it, but I'll take this loan to keep me going. And then we'll see what happens. There's, so there's a disaster relief loan that you can get that has nothing to do with payroll. That's totally separate. That is for any amount of money you can get approved for. But the payroll one is specifically 2.5 months of your average payroll. 
and it's not capped at 10,000, you can get 10,000 right now. Like $10,000 just shows up. Um, that's the, that's the, like, we're going to make you okay now. And then we'll get the rest of it to you once the loan gets through and approved and everything else. Right. Right. Well, but the 10,000 is the limit and they're, they're calling, they're calling that like, and it says, would you be willing to take, or would you be interested in taking an advance of $10,000 on the amount <clears throat> that you're going to justify later? So I'm just trying to help my customers. I mean, that's I, what I'm, I'm doing. I mean, believe that's, me, that's my only my, my only goal. I mean, I'm not trying to make any. Bill, if you help, but if you uh, claim that you closed your business, do you think you could collect unemployment? I can't because I'm the CEO. So I'm the president of the company. Yeah. So because I'm the owner of the company, <clears throat> and here's the ultimate irony: is uh, so uh, in 2018, I got paid twenty thousand dollars. So uh, I made $20,000 in 2018, and in 2019, I uh, took a check for $20,000, which I haven't cashed uh, because I'm an idiot. And I've always had to done pay it this way. On it. I mean, you said it, not me. I <laughs> right. But I've always done it this way. It's just sort of been this way. Um, I can't be healthy or I can't be happy unless the shop is happy, and I spend my money, and I get my money from cash deals and everything else. It's not like I'm fucking penniless. So allegedly, 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 yes. but the, uh, but that is the thing. And, um, I don't qualify for the unemployment package, which is pretty lucrative. So the unemployment package is pretty great for people who are out of work. Um, but I can't get that. So our Peggy staff can get that. Her, I can't get Peggy that. just got her first check. It was 450, 450 bucks or something like that. Yeah. But then now they're talking, there might be another, check on top of that like a $600 check from the feds right that's per, per week correct for so you could be getting a thousand dollars per week in unemployment exactly I'm like I hope we never go back to work I hope right. she never goes back to work that's beautiful. right and you can get that and she can get that but I can't get that so I'm not eligible for that because I'm the owner of a corporation right yep. well, I kind of knew I kind of knew that that, that, yeah. that was you know don't think, don't fucking think I didn't try. I filled the, <laughs> filled the fucking Because the doors are closed doesn't mean you can't still That's make right. money on the side. I mean, bikes can still be sold. even. Like, I kind of feel like if I'm still working, like I'm employed by the city, right. that I should give my check to somebody that doesn't have the money that, right. you know, whatever. I mean, I, I kind of feel guilty about it because I'm still, I still have a job. Right. Eh, I don't feel so guilty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're still, I mean, the thing is, we're still working, and we yeah. don't, I mean, our lives, I mean, look at how many people here raise their hands when they said, right. we're oh, still yeah, working, like, yeah, still fucking away. working, yeah. And I mean, there's, like, like, I will say this, I mean, if, if somebody was really desperate or ran out of something or you really needed something, I certainly anything I have, I would try to help out anybody, right. you know. If you're out of toilet paper, let me know. I probably could spare <laughs> a couple of words there. A couple squares. <laughs> squares. I'm sorry, no masks. I'm keeping all the masks. <laughs> how are you guys doing on? Uh, how are you guys doing on PPE? Are you guys wearing like uh, masks and gloves and stuff? Or I'm, That's, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, so go. Let's start. Let's start with Nick. So Nick, what's your personal stance on uh, mask and glove? What's your protocol? Um. 
Personally, I, I went to the grocery store today. I did not wear masks or, or gloves or anything like that. Uh, I did see a lot of people mm-hmm. wearing that stuff. Um, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I think if I had it, I probably would. Um, but I don't. I don't have any. I'm um, currently because I don't have anything, and they're talking about this mask thing. I printed two masks today um, on my 3D printer. Yeah. Um, one's pretty cool. Like I'm, I'm making it bigger for myself to kind of go this way, but the one that I made fits my wife. But I have to go to Home Depot, and you have to get like a Mer, or it's like a Mer 13 or something. Like it's a certain furnace filter that's a HEPA filter as well. Right, right. And it, it goes up. I think it's like they have two thousand and three thousand and different. There's different levels of it, but you the, can it get all the way up to Mer 31, which is like it filters out everything. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't matter with you, Steve, because your your beard's going well, to yeah. get, get a good fit. I know, and that, that's one of the things that I was reading about, but I'm more concerned about them. But anyways, it's pretty cool because, like, it actually printed the whole mask, and it has the holes on the side, and it has these things, so you cut little pieces of it, and you push them in there, and then that's where, like, the breathable part becomes, and it's, it's pretty neat. So I printed those. But I, I just I want to get a cattle prod. That's more important when you go places, just to get people away from you when you're in the stores. Some of these people, right? Are, man, I was in the I was in the store, and I'd be just walking down an aisle, and then all of a sudden, what someone would sort of cut me off, and I'd be like, just like, whoa, like, yeah. Well, dude, Whole Foods. I, I don't go to Whole Foods a lot, but there's a few things that I have to get at Whole Foods that they don't carry anywhere else, and the whole store is cordoned off by six inch or sorry, six feet painters tape. They have like painters yeah. tape every six feet. And you'd see these idiots. So I'm waiting for this lady. She's like two painter's tapes away from me, and she's at the end of the aisle, and I'm waiting for her. Three three other people just surround me. They're like, what's to hold them? I'm like, I'm waiting for her. They're like, well, just go. And like, they, they go and stand an inch behind her. And I'm like, you guys are fucking idiots. Like, like the whole po- <laughs> look down. They section the whole store off. Stay in your fucking section, man. Stay in your lane. Oh, end uh, of the laneway. Yeah, end of the laneway, buddy. I, I will say that when I was in the store, I was I was – you know, running shopping with a with a purpose in mind. Like I was not dilly dallying or anything like that. I was uh, not touching anything unless I was actually going to buy it. I was, uh, you know, consciously trying to keep distance. But and, and box stores had to tell people people were going because they were bored. They were going to open box stores and browsing, just you know, oh, walking around, touching things, looking at shit, doing stuff. It's like, come on, man. Well, Steve, when, when you talk about the furnace filters, I actually did get a 26 by 22 furnace filter and just wrapped it around my head like that. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I just walked through the whole thing. And then no gloves or, or this was my mask, and then I, I did wear a condom too. Yeah. right over your head. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, if you need an N95, I can get you one. Quiet. Don't, don't, don't talk I that way. I have a bunch of N95s. So. All right. Yeah. I've got a stack of uh, like Harbor Freight dust masks in my garage, and I, I don't think they'd be good for anything. The problem is, I, this really is like the, uh, the I like the link that Cinch had. That, I mean, I read that whole thing, and they were talking even a T-shirt gives you at least 50% capacity. You know right. what I mean? Like right. Anything you'd use helps to some degree. Oh. Yeah, uh, you know, and if, if you layer it up more, you know, then there's that. Well, I, that's I, I was trying to understand that chart yeah. to see what they meant. Like, is that dirty filters like the bottom level where it's 10 percent? What are we saying about that? No, what we're saying about is of these uh, five different media of filters, 
Um, yeah. This is a study that was done last year um, mm -hmm. before all this shit kicked off. And they, uh, this Asian company, because of course, you know, our, our Asian friends have been wearing masks for many years, yeah. um, but because they had to deal with uh, MERS and SARS. So as and a result, air pollution. Yeah, well, yeah. But as a result of MERS and SARS, um, they uh, masks became a real fucking hot topic for them a few years ago. And they put a lot of money, time, and effort into researching it because um, it's really interesting how history repeats itself. If you look back a few years, you'll see that our Asian friends had a problem where they couldn't get enough of these motherfuckers. And well, then they are, their federal stockpile is still depleted from 2009 exactly. when the bird up. Yeah, so, so that's had, exactly right. You had 11 years to replete or to replace the stockpile, and you didn't do it. Yeah, and I mean, I bought these. I bought these probably six, six or seven years ago. So these have been sitting in my garage like a 10 pack or whatever for six or seven years. Uh, but the one thing that I, it's, I find it interesting, Chris. Um, you work in that industry. Yeah. Where do you, when you go to work every day, where are you going? Um, I, I'm never anywhere near patients, number one. Right. So, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I've left, a, I've lived a full life and, um, <laughs> <laughs> now it, it's, I don't know if you guys read, but somebody was arrested in New Jersey just either yesterday and he had a million, like, gloves and masks. And, right. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. And, and the cocksucker was selling this stuff out of a garage. Yeah. yeah and, and some physician goes by to buy $21,000 worth of this stuff and sees this big lot of all this junk and called the cops. So, right. they, so the FBI arrested this guy and hauled him out, and now they're just passing it out. In, uh, in New, York, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, yeah. Right. So, There's uh, a guy on Craigslist selling a surgical mask, 50 for 30 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and, looks, and Peggy looked up the address. It looks yeah. like it's a dentist who's probably hurting because those guys don't manage their money well. No. And he's probably starting to sell off his inventory just to try to keep his bills paid and stuff like that. Well, he wants to make the note on his new Corvette that he just got, the new... <laughs> Uh, no, N95s right 2017 now. Harley is what eBay. he's trying to pay off. Well, oh, true. These, these on eBay right now are forty dollars a piece. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, well, and you know, did you guys hear that you can take them? So, like, unless you're like, you know, unless you're like face deep in the virus, if you're concerned that it was contaminated, you can bring it home and put it in the oven at 160 degrees for an hour, and supposedly that kills everything. Yep. Well, with you, you got to use shallots and some uh, some garlic too. <laughs> Yes. First of all, that's bullshit. 160 degrees <laughs> doesn't kill everything. It might kill this virus, but it definitely doesn't kill everything. Coronavirus dies at 133 degrees from what the CDC says. Right. So, okay, so maybe it's just this virus, but they're just saying, like, instead of throwing a mask out that you think might be dirty, just bake it yeah. for like an hour, and then you can do it again. Well, there you go. So just a the fever problem with this is... Degrees and you'll be fine. I spray mine down with 77% alcohol and I have more than one, you know, we have a whole, we have access to some of them, but I'm trying to reuse them because we don't have a year's worth of supplies. We don't have, and I'm looking at this long term. I mean, like I said, I don't, 
I don't see how this changes without a vaccine. And everybody's saying a vaccine is could be up to a year away. So yeah. I think with the urgency of it, somehow that's going to get cut in half. That we're going to somehow say, you know what, we don't necessarily need to do all this, you know, all these trials and everything. And that could be a downfall too, because you could make a vaccine that kills almost as many people or more than the disease would. But I don't know. So who else is? Um who else has been recently into a Home Depot or a Walmart? Um, I went to two Lowe's, Menards, and two auto parts stores today looking for the replacement filters for my buddy's mask because he's an ICU, and, you know, he's an ICU okay. nurse, and he's wearing just level three pay, uh, surgical masks. And I'm like, dude, you should have something that's like fucking – you know, like something that has heart, you know, vapor, like filters and, a, 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 you know, like a good seal and everything. He's like, I have a mask, but I don't have the cartridges. And I'm like, well, right. I'm going to go out on a mission. And I tried everything. I found two Honeywell cartridges, but they won't fit on his mask. I'm going to give him my mask because, you know, it's old as shit, but at least it's something. It's better than just wearing a paper mask when you literally walk into a COVID patient's room, you know, like. Right. John, send me, send me the numbers. Because you, I can order through Amazon for government. Yeah. Well, you might, you, yeah, you might get it quicker because I looked on Amazon, and anything you order, anything you're ordering on Amazon that isn't, if you're not a government agency or anything, is like you'll get it by May, May, June sometime. Like, yeah, but I'm a government agency, so you need to you need to give me the number, and I'll order it and get it through the government. I, I have a government account. I'll text you that information. Yeah, like I, I'll get it for you. So, yeah. hey, the other interesting piece yeah, of information. I mean, if he could get a, an, and like he sent me a picture of what he's wearing, I'm like, dude, that's not enough. He's like, I know. <laughs> well, all, all these doctors. Mask, I wear an organic filter with a heap of filter over that. That's what I was. That's what I'm trying to get them set up with, you know. And I bought a couple, but they don't. They're screw on instead of bayonet style oh. uh, canisters. I thought they might work, but. I, it's or not going to work. Three M's because three M's. Has a three, three M six thousand series. I might have a set of those for him. Well, if anything you have, I mean, would be greatly appreciated because he's working today. He's working overtime tomorrow, and there's nine patients right now. It's, so it's, you know, we what hospitals he in? I'm not going to say. <laughs> so we know that. So we know that a, a couple of weeks ago it was. The message was very clear. Um, don't wear a mask. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that don't wear a mask has been sliding more and more towards wear a mask. Yeah. And the biggest concern was that the, the fear of uh, panic and the concern over depriving medical professionals from existing resources. And the funny thing is because when I, when I found this sleeve of masks, I offered them to people I know. And when I offered them to people I know, they had said, no, it's okay, I don't want it. And I said, well, why not? Why don't you want that? Um, it's a fucking N95. This is the thing that actually can protect you at the level, the highest level, short of going in with a positive pressure hood on. And why don't you want this? You should fucking want this and you should wear it anytime you go into the store, the grocery store or where there's a lot of fuckers around you. Right. And they said, no, they don't want to do it because of the social stigma 
of you know the governor of California saying, "Oh, a bandana, like wear wear a bandana, wear wear cotton around your face, um, that will work fine." And you know, there's this sort of what they've done is they've created this fad mentality, and the fad mentality is um, this is the sign of being an asshole, whereas this is you know you're you're helping, you know, and. <laughs> Uh, so um, it's really more like making your own out of a coffee filter and a paper towel, which is like 5% effective, but, um, is better than wearing one of these. I tried. I contacted the hospitals. When I told them I had a, a few of these, like six of these I was willing to give away, do you know what they said? Go fuck your fucking hat. If it's not in a sealed package, they're not going to take it. Yeah, I told Eric, I'm like, you save every one of your masks. He's like, why? He laughed at me, and I'm like, because they're going to be really hard to get. He's like, yeah, I know. We're, we're starting to get shirt on them. I'm like, yeah, so save all your masks. Like, don't throw one at, at least fill a garbage bag full of used masks and throw them in your locker so you got something in, in case they run out, you know? like Yeah. Yeah, but isn't well, it funny, though, that they said that uh, the, the federal government said they sent 300000 to New York, and – and they only said they received 10,000. So like, like Trump said, they're going out the back door. I mean, people are selling them on the black market. But you also understand you did. I read a whole article about that and actually Amanda uh, posted it. And it was basically all these institutions, hospitals, cities, entities. Well, they don't know. They can't, they can't act on a dime with their procurement processes. They, and you know, they, they're real slow. They have to put things out for bid. And so their procurement process is cumbersome, yeah. whereas foreign investors are coming in, and when masks come available, they're snapping them up. They go, my cat's headbutting me. <laughs> they they uh, they can snap them up, and they're already gone before any you know hospital or institution can really get jump through all the hoops before they can actually say yes, we'll give you that much for the mask. Right, right before we started the podcast, there was an article on The Guardian saying that like planes that are loaded with like a million masks are landing, mm-hmm. and yeah. there's businessmen from different parts of the world offering five times what the thing's worth and the plane's sure. leaving and going somewhere else and dropping the masks off and stuff, you know, instead of delivering them to the U.S. Or I think the U.S. is actually some of the people getting the masks, and they're being, right. you know, whatever. I think that's, I mean, I didn't read into it, but I, there was, I saw an article about 3M that they were getting on 3M's ass because right. 3M's was sitting there churning out masks and shipping them out of the country. And right. so I think they've actually, you know, that's what they're, they're, they're jumping on their ass and be like, no, you're going to, they got to stay here. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's only fucking three pieces in this mask. I mean, not for nothing, but anybody should be able to make about a million of these in a week. Well, Peggy's been making the, you know, she went and she can sew and she's been trying to make the cloth ones and everything, but you know, it's not the same, but but that does, that's, uh, you could put that over a a good mask and it helps save the good mask. So you can, you know, reuse the good mask. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of a shame to me. And it it does seem ridiculous that on this, this basic level of PPE that, um, everyone makes fun of the guy that's got the, uh, 50 cal, in his basement until somebody needs a 50 cal. Oh, the, see how many uh, preppers right now are right laughing their ass off? All these preppers are like, <laughs> you guys all suck. Like, I'm just chilling right now. Like, you know, well, I mean, I'm chilling. I mean, I'm as far as preparedness goes, as far as equipment and things, 
the best prepper in the world didn't really plan on spending uh, two months in his PJs. Right. You know, that's not part of the normal prepper mentality. Uh, being in your bunker might not necessarily help you with this one. This is yeah. the worst case scenario. I, I just can't believe. Uh, go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. No, no. I, I was saying that virus was the worst case scenario. Like you could plan for almost everything else. I'm an economic collapse and right. all this other shit. But virus is something that it's like an unseen killer that you. It's not like uh, social unrest or all this other stuff that you could prep for, right? Or like lack of food or lack of water. I, or EMP. I disagree. I disagree I mean, I prepared with for all of that stuff, and this is the worst case scenario. Yeah, but we everybody could see this coming. It's been it's on been on everybody's radar. I mean, there've been movies about it. There, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> we know that that's that's you know the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I mean, like, shit, you know what I mean? Like, anybody could have seen the, uh, the, the you know, we've already had SARS, MERS, we've already had close calls. They should have, somebody in our government has failed us horribly by not at least having some basic PPE available and stuff like no, that. I, no, I agree having, with you. I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, look at, um, what's his face? Uh, uh, Bill Gates, he did, four years ago, he did a huge talk saying that this is coming. And, like, we need to be prepared. He did a TED Talk on it and, like, said, like, he, he analyzed everything and said that we were, like, 75% unprepared for this kind of a thing. And it was like, oh, yeah, sounds great. Fuck Bill Gates. I hate fucking Bill Gates. <laughs> but it's a basic law. It's a basic law of nature that uh, a species will, will breed and breed and breed and breed out of, out of control until they suffer a pestilence that causes – a population collapse and that's just i mean that's very simple law of nature type of shit that anybody could have banked on you know what i mean it's just a miracle that we've gotten away with sars mirrors bird flu and everything oh. and then we haven't gotten really hurt this is not this is not that event this this right here is not that event because this is no. a, a I mean, when this it's all said and done, this is still a wake-up call for the real event that's going to come down the pipe. No, I, I agree. I totally agree Bums, with that. But this is not the event that's going to cause that because this is a point. This is like a point five percent call. It's not yeah. a five percent call. It's not a ten percent call. It's, it's a ten percent call if you if you get sick in Italy. Their their death rates at ten percent. Yeah, well, their death rates at ten percent, but their median age of of death is 80, 80 years old. They're the oldest population in the entire world, other so, than Japan. <laughs> we had a thousand people die in this a thousand people die of it today. Three hundred sixty-five days a year. If that happens every day, or what usually happens is it's going to probably double at some point. That would be three hundred sixty-five thousand people died. I. That's Wait, a lot out of, of 365 million, that's one millionth of the population. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, minimizing the, the fact that anybody's dying. But what I'm saying yeah. is that this is not the event. This is not a 12 monkeys event. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's bad, but it's not a 12 monkeys event. What's crazy is the, uh, the way that it's affected um, – our, our livelihood and uh, the thing that we're into, uh, 
all of that stuff, if you can make it through this financially intact, uh, you're going to be in a very good place to buy any motorcycle you ever wanted <laughs> cheap. Um, this would be a really good time to develop a fetish for Cushman scooters. Oh, okay. Oh God. Um, oh, no. <laughs> take that. Take that for what it's worth. If you if you if you were ever fascinated by mid '90s Goldwings, I predict you're going to be able to buy those for free. Um, <laughs> well, mid '80s Goldwings are my fetish. So. Yes, but but I think the guys with the mid '80s Goldwings they're gone already. Oh. Um, <laughs> Yeah. A couple more weeks, and you can trade two N95s for a 2017 Goldwing. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. <laughs> and it is, we're getting people calling the shop already, and, you know, we're getting the phone calls we normally get at this time of the year where people have that motorcycle they didn't ride very much, and they want to trade, and they want to get into something, you know, different. Um, and what's weird is uh, there's a strange thing, there's a strange dynamic, and I'm, I'm not going to... There's no better word I have for it than boomer. It's spreading. It's no joke. It's no time to work over. What the hell is that? What the hell was that? That's coming through. Well, is that so. Mr. T? <laughs> no, that's Samuel L. Jackson Reed's coronavirus poem called Stay the Fuck at Home. Stay the uh, fuck at home. Right. Well, so every time we have, um, we have these old men that come into the shop, and the old men that come into the shop, they come in in pairs and they come in in triples and they come in in quads. And like they come in in groups and they're extremely upset that the door is locked. <laughs> and they're extremely upset that I have to, that I have a sign that says call this number and that they call and I ask them, I'm like, well, yeah, what can I do for you? And I'm, I am aggressively helpful. Okay. Like, I'm almost off-puttingly helpful anytime I'm at the store. And, but especially now when I know there's going to be a glass barrier between them and me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to really, really, really make sure that I find out what exactly they want. But you see, that's not consistent with what they really had in mind for the day. And what they're doing is they just are going out. They're just going out and having a, a, an adventure. Um, they're getting together and we had two guys show up in a brand new Corvette and the guy bought the brand new Corvette. He's a dentist and he bought the brand new Corvette just before this shit erupted. So him and his buddy came out to my shop. They're both over 70 years old, you know, 65 to 75 and they show up. Now there's not a lot of room in a brand new Corvette. So they're sucking each other's wind the entire time. And then when I greeted them at the door and made it clear that today was not a day that they could come in and browse, it didn't go well. And I got to hear about politics and I got to hear about reds versus blues and all kinds of other shit. But the point being, <laughs> I changed my policy at that moment from one person in the store at a time, if they're vetted and I'm watching what they're touching with a distinct six foot radius to no people zero <laughs> at all, period, because... I honestly, I, I have every reason to believe you're not buying shit. At Lowe's, they were wiping off the card reader every time a person touched it. Every wow. time. Good, good, yeah. good. 
I mean, that's, that's what you got to do, right? You know what's crazy is that people are participating this no matter how, doesn't matter what side you're on or anything. The virus has no politics. There's no politics with the virus. Like, you can't, you can't, it's, in, it's, it's so bizarre to me that people are trying to politicize this, and, and on both sides, whatever, it doesn't matter. But the virus is the virus. It's going to get, like, it doesn't care. You know, it's so well, weird. let me let me take a poll on that, because actually the ladies in our office at noon get together to say the Our Father. And so they came by my office and said, hey, you want to come in and say the Our Father? And I said, no. But I think they believe that somehow saying a few rudimentary prayers are going to what? You know. Well, well let me ask you this. Uh, Where, where's all the faith healers right now? How come these guys aren't doing the end, you're cured, and smacking people on the head, and all the virus is gone? This this, this should be their shining moment. There should be faith healers walking <laughs> through the streets, just slapping people on the head and calling it a day, right? Yeah, see, <laughs> I have an issue with that, too, because like the Catholic Church, okay? You go to get communion, you know, the, the, you, they either hand it to you or they give it to you, and then you drink from the chalice, right? No, never. <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying, if you're a Catholic, yeah. you drink from the chalice, and it's like, if you have faith, then how would you, I mean, if you truly have faith, then why would you even think that you would ever get anything from that chalice, because it's God's blood. Right. I mean, if well, you it, are a you, true Catholic, you, you would, believe that the, Steve, the, I can, that I can answer that. God's blood. Well, so the, the people that have, have an education would realize that, yeah, you can still get sick. Right. No, no. But what I'm saying is, but what I'm saying is, is that <laughs> that how many people really have faith? I mean, it tells you that nobody has faith because they, yeah. don't, they don't believe that. I mean, it's God's blood. You're not going to get sick from God's blood. Yeah, but it's the chalice that carries the germs. No, it's. I, I, I'm just saying that that if you had faith, you wouldn't. I mean, I don't know what faith anybody is here. And I don't really care. But it raises a Catholic, and as a non-practicing Catholic, I mean, I, I say that seriously. If you had faith, you would drink from that fucking chalice. Well, I don't. I don't drink from the chalice. I attend Catholic church services, but I'm in protest because I'm a Protestant. <laughs> I wouldn't become a Catholic because I didn't believe it was actually the the blood of Christ. But it doesn't really matter too much right now because all the churches are closed, in fact. So, you know, you could say people of faith are stupid, but at least they were smart enough not to clo to keep the churches open. So yeah, you they know, if you don't attend, if you don't attend church, then you instantly have a, a felony on your soul. Well, the chalice from the palace has to prove that it's true. I also don't believe in that. I also actually believe that you can be a person of faith and you don't have to go to church at all. But, know, but as, a know, Catholic, as a Catholic, if you're if you're a true Catholic, if you don't go to church on Sunday, I'm not a true Catholic. I'm in protest of Catholicism. Oh, I just want to say, as a Satanist, God, you know, He's responsible for plagues and stuff. My God just handles rock, rock and roll, death metal, and orgies. So I'm I'm good. I love it. Yeah, right on. Perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> but you're muted, Oscar. Oscar. You're muted, Oscar. You're Why muted. Oscar's muted. God damn it! Here's here's the problem. How the fuck did Johnny Mac's cat jump into Nick's square? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
That's a good point. That's Satanism. Oliver, come back here. Come back that, here, Oliver. That cinch really knows how to run a Zoom meeting, I'll tell you that. Can I, can I please do a tech tip? I mean, this is getting me down. Ah! Yes, tech tip. That's right. You got a cocket, Bill. You got a cocket. tip. Okay, so, so listen. I mean, Johnny. I love this, man. It's very simple. It's not anything, but this is a, a pain in the ass to us all. So what is this? I'm looking at you now. Hold a up the camera. Here. Oh, yes. that's a full gasket for a small Honda. Fuel tap gasket. Yeah. Right. It's a it's a so, gasket for your pet cock. So for four dollars and two screws, yeah. you could save a ton of headaches. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So Seriously, anybody who owns uh, uh, anything with an old pet cock, right? You can buy this gasket from your dealer or right. from uh, you know, like partsfish.com, right? Wherever, for yeah. four bucks, right? Take two screws out, yep. Pull your pet cock out, yeah. Put this thing in, yeah. and it saves you, yeah, so much time and so much headache. Just, yeah, you just make sure to grease that thing before you put it in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I'm just saying the old ones are cracked and yeah. hard and whatever. So, I mean, this is really something simple that anybody can do. Right. You There's only about three different sizes of them. Make sure you get the right size. There's three, There's I think, three different sizes right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, you'll go by the year and make of your your model. I mean, it'll give you what you want. But, I mean, I'm Correct. Just, all I'm saying is – it's, it's something simple we can do in the spring. If you if you have that leaking pet cock, you want it to be closed in the winter so that yeah. you can drain your carbs and run your carbs out so that you don't have this issue in the spring. So, I mean, it's something what you can do things, right now. One of the things I like to do on bikes that have vacuum pet cocks is I always throw an inline pet cock so that I can positively shut off my fuel flow because Absolutely. vacuum backups are notorious for leaking down. So if you cut, you know, throw, go, go to your lawnmower section at your local hardware store or, or buy a more quality inline petcock and install it so you can during the winter months or whenever it's going to be sitting up for a while, actually turn that off to have a, a positive shut off on a vacuum type setup. Who hey, paid the lowest, who paid the lowest price for your camera? Uh, my last gas stop was a dollar forty-seven. A dollar forty-four. Your hand is not, covering your camera. That would not get go. Did you guys get that text I sent you back on uh, yeah. Wednesday or Thursday? Yeah, I did. So, so over at at Mon Memphis and Bel Air, there was two gas stations. One was ninety-five cents. The other was ninety-seven cents. Yeah, that was exactly. It was low ball gasoline or whatever it is, rain yeah. barrel gasoline. But I was I was surprised that it was a, you know under a buck. So now that we've we've established that somewhere between under a buck and a buck fifty is where we were until uh, today, our nation's economies agreed to fix that problem, reduce the supply, and get the price back up to where Texas billionaires won't <laughs> suffer as much as they should. Um, Good for so, them. Yeah. <laughs> now that they've taken care of that, here's an interesting thing. What do you think that uh, one gallon of boat gas aka rec 90 was at edgewater marina today because i bought about 30 gallons of uh rec 90 today three dollars and 89 cents it was three it was 369 wow so um 
it didn't move. So while the regular on the road gas price did this massive plummet and fell, boat gas, Rec 90, has stayed exactly where it was three months ago. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks, so, guys. Diesel yeah. for the high ace is two fifteen. So diesel diesel has dropped about eighty cents. Right. <laughs> it hasn't dropped as much as the gasoline, but the diesel, which has always been a, a puzzle for me, because diesel is so much cheaper to make than gasoline. Uh, why diesel costs more is just you know, uh, uh, vexing the transportation industry. Well, but we're the, getting uh, such, so much better gas mileage. I get on the highway. And like I said, I'm just like touching the gas pedal, singing along at 80, 90 mile an hour. Yeah. And I've been back and forth to work for a week, and I've, I still got a half a tank. And I'm like, wow. It's yeah, amazing that's... when you don't have to stop and go or, dr- mm-hmm. you know, keep speeding up and accelerating, you know, to, to, you know, to get around people and stuff. Well, Mrs. Smith has been staying home, and so she's gotten three weeks to a tank. Right. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly it. And if anybody, we were joking about, we were talking about my businesses earlier. My business is all about, in 2008, when gas was $4 a gallon, uh, we did really good. We sold a shit ton of bikes. Uh, wow. Because when gas is 4 bucks a gallon, motorcycles and scooters are the obvious solution to that problem. Uh, 100, ga- 100 miles to the gallon becomes very attractive. Yeah, when gas is a buck a gallon nobody fucking like nobody cares big uh, heavy I'm engines about, i'm thinking about starting to drive my rv to work and back <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you guys this with all the expert mechanics here and stuff if there are people that are off work they're not doing anything they're stuck at home they're bored but they have access to their garage what is something that like if you have a bike or two in the garage what is something that you can do that you might not need parts for, but will help you out in the long run? Like, what can you go and work on your bike? What can you clean? What can you do to, you know, maybe make oh, you it can always new? make it shinier. You can always <laughs> make it shinier. Right. right. Besides, besides waxing it. Yeah. Change the freaking oil because you haven't done it for two years. <laughs> and, uh, and, or if and, you can't afford new oil, take it out, take a look at it, and put it back in. Oh, <laughs> you can analyze it. You can right. analyze it. Yeah, for I want for a hundred bucks. <laughs> well, actually, now now that the gas is really cheap, take all the old gas that you have in there, put some new new gas in there. Right, yeah. and that's, that's and that's uh, that's the biggest thing is you know obviously at the shop everything that we see, the vast majority, probably twenty bikes this week, have fuel related problems it's it's all just gas management it's all old gas that's the thing um i did we we were joking about this earlier and i threw it up to you guys but how many people have kids at home have you got myself included or yeah (laughs) myself (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean this is i mean a lot of places have announced that the school year is not going to come back that that you know these kids aren't going back uh to the teachers no. Right. And, yeah. uh, and so you mommies and daddies out there are now officially um, fully croisoned in the eyes of the state as being authorized educators. Homeschoolers. Yep. Homeschoolers, dude. Yeah. I mean, these kids are all going to be graduating from homeschool university. At, you know, in June. My, my kids have been suspended. Got fired for being drunk. 
<laughs> that's what somebody just said. Like, what's going to happen in a year when all these kids have been educated by drunk parents? <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's and and that really is. So we, I threw together that list, and I, I wasn't kidding when I was saying that. Um, if you have your kids and your kids are at home, this might be a really good time for a once in a lifetime opportunity to bond with your children over some motorcycle shit. And uh, as a kid, I was initially like, Hey, you know, I got to learn about cars and I get to learn about stuff from my father um, because he needed somebody to hold the flashlight and he needed somebody to hold the hardware and he needed somebody. And the point is my mom had a life to live. And so little Phil was out in the garage with big Phil. And as I became taller, my responsibilities grew as well. Right. <laughs> and, but a lot of kids these days don't spend time in the garage with their fathers rebuilding transmissions from 39 Buicks. Right. So kids don't understand what a thrust bearing is, you know, or kids first three syllable word or four syllable word. Mine was carburetor. So um, that's a real story. Ask my mom about it. She loves telling people about, oh, no, his first big word was carburetor. Um, but that's, that's the life I grew up in. You know, all the schools focus in uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. And uh, we said simpletons tactically educating minions. <laughs> and I think that if you, if you do that and you get the kids out in the garage with you, um, I'm going to post the show notes, the silly thing I put out earlier that Merritt and I put together last night, um, basically indentured servitude in the form of homeschooling. Has anybody else figured out a great way to use your kids as uh, cheap and uh, legal uh, she's useless. <laughs> oh, come on, Piper's cool. <laughs> come on. So, you know, Piper is pretty cool. Well, she has remarkably been doing a lot of schoolwork online. St. Mark's, has, they have Chromebooks. Yeah. So they, they're putting out, I don't know if it's really a curriculum or if it's just keep you busy or whatever, but she generally every day has at least a, a couple hours of work that she has to do. And I think these kids, are, but they're able to, to, you know, they're doing little conference calls and stuff with their friends working on it. She, you know, I've heard her on online talking with Alicia and, you know, they're like sitting there going and doing their homework together. And they're amazingly more responsible than I could have ever possibly been at 13 years of age. You know, really, she's being definitely abandoned and abused right now. I mean, she's 13. We've been just kind of like, we're dealing with, I'm going to work. Peggy's dealing with her mom. It's like, okay, you okay at the house by yourself? Oh, yeah, sure. And it's like, okay, sure you need anything? Nope. Don't need nothing. You're good. I'm fine. You know, like, wow. So she's kind of just, you know, doing her little thing. And a lot of electronics, a lot of just uh, me time. I, I've had a converse, had to have a conversation with her. I'm like, you know what? We really need you to be behaved. I don't want to find out that we've trusted you. And you're getting in trouble on the internet, or if something like that comes up, it will break our hearts. So, right. But I, I don't think she'll do. I mean, I trust her maybe more than I should, but uh, she's not. We're not working on motorcycles, but we are. I'm working slowly on building her a she shed. So nice. she's been uh, in the evenings when I come home, and we're over at grandma's. We're working on doing a little she shed that has turned out to 
be more than just <laughs> repurpose. It's, it's taking more bot materials and repurposed materials than planned, but it's going to be pretty cool. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. How about Congratulations, you, too, John, for, for trusting her and giving her the opportunity to, to show that she's a reliable young lady because yeah. that, that's going to pay a lot of dividends, so good for you. Well, that and my wife reads all of her text messages because little does she know. Well, she knows that they go to my wife's phone, too, so we are trying to monitor and stuff, but, you know, but I also feel bad because, I mean, at the end of the day, these kids were – it was already a problem that they weren't going outside and they were spending too much time on devices and that they were spending too much time on video games. And this has just made it like, bam, well, you can't really say, well, hey, you can't watch TV or you can't go on the computer because what the hell else are they going to do, you know? Yep. And, she, and she's helped out with, you know, a little bit of laundry here and stuff like that. But for the most part, there's just not that much for her to possibly do here. And, and it's hard. Like, me and my wife are both home. We have my one daughter. The other two are older, and they're at their mom's house, and they're fine. But, you know, like, she has meetings. I have meetings. We're both on meetings, and this kid's by herself. She's six. She'd be playing behind me, and she's been pretty good. But what's funny is she started FaceTiming her friends or Skyping her friends. So there'll be, like, two or three little girls on a Skype call, and they're all coloring and talking to each other. So it's almost like they're in a room just kind of, like, playing, but the, the it's, like, are those the girls behind you that you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think they're coloring, though. No, no. They're done. <laughs> I mean, realistically, these kids were more poised to handle it than we would have ever been, you know? Yeah. It would have been crazy oh, for us. Bullshit. Bullshit. For me, you know, <laughs> bullshit. We spent so much that. time outside and everything. If we had to stay inside and we didn't, we didn't have video games and we didn't have, you know, electronics it would have been insane my brothers would have just beat me up eight hours a day anytime <laughs> i'm gonna beat you up anyway come on <laughs> i mean they did that anyway so yeah dude you're absolutely right i was on a, a conference call with uh, the guy from my work and the one guy has two kids and they're a year apart they're like like four and five boys and he's sitting there and <laughs> our, our big boss is talking to us and it was on zoom like this all of a sudden, you see a kid just fly that way, and then another kid, like, jump after him, and then shit's just crashing and breaking, and he's trying to ignore it, but you can't. And, like, everybody's like, did you just see a kid kill another kid? And they're like, yeah, that happens. That's, that, that, that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's officially okay to bring your pets and kids to, to work nowadays. Oh, yeah. Especially when you're working from home. Yep. <laughs> right, Oliver? Oh, headbutt. Yeah. <laughs> so are we still doing the podcast or what? Yeah, I think we should probably oh, do a podcast at some point. Uh, probably not the worst idea. The uh, the funny thing is Merritt will be uh, – Merritt will do, you know, 40 or 50 of these calls per day. And yep. uh, the problem is sometimes she'll be set up and she wakes up at her time and I wake up at my time. And I have to make it from the uh, – uh, the interstate hallway between the kitchen and, uh, you know, between the sustenance center and the business center. And I'll be, uh, I'll be there. And th sometimes there'll be a two or three cat pile up in the middle of the hallway. And, but I'm making that, I'm making that commute and I'm making that commute like in naked or maybe 
less. And I always got to make sure when I go by to see what her orientation is with the damned <laughs> top top. You got to watch um, the angle of your dangle, man. Yeah, I don't want to become a cautionary tale. Yeah, right. Uh, or I don't want to become the reason that our chief breadwinner becomes, you know, incarcerated. <laughs> yeah. It's a really, I mean, it's a, it's a weird time. So it's, it's a very, it's a weird way to run. It's a weird way to see the way that operates. Um, because my whole world, there's nothing that we do at the shop that we could do through this shit. Right. Uh, yeah. n- and there's not one fucking bit of it. Like all this in the world will not help what I do. Uh, you know, I could think I'd be like, Oh, well, here you go. Here's a, take a look at this bike and, uh, and make sure that that's, that's exactly what you wanted. Right. Um, no, that, that ain't going to cut it. It's, it's just, it's, that's not, that doesn't get the job done. Although you probably could do, you could do virtual bike tours. If somebody's really interested in a bike, you could put them on one of these things and, you know, move the phone. We have done, you know, we've got a lot of videos on the YouTube channel and we've got a few bikes that have come in over the past couple of weeks that we're going to be shooting more videos of and throwing up on the Cleveland Moto channel as well. Uh, but what I found actually works the best is when I do have somebody who's serious about buying something, I have no fucking problem with dragging that bike outside along with two or three other bikes outside and saying like, okay, well, you know, here's one, two and three and four. These are all the bikes that you've kind of told me you were into. And, um, I, I, I'm actually totally great with the idea of moving the stuff outside and letting them kind of check it out. It's remarkably good at helping them focus in on what they're really into as opposed to playing some sort of a weird tactical, um, you know, anti-salesman game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, can somebody check and see if Kremke's still alive down there? I, I just don't take a drink. Yeah, he's, he's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Steve muted, and he doesn't know it. Hold on. There he is. He's unmuted now. Is Oscar eating a hot dog? Maybe. As far as you know. <laughs> yeah, none of your damn business. <laughs> this sucks. Can Oscar my wiener. Come on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you raw dogging that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Raw dogging. Like... Man, I digress. He's a rough time. <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't had my dinner yet, but I, I'm not gonna go for the Oscar Meyer. Oscar Meyer wiener. I told my wife to throw a few <laughs> potatoes in the oven. So. Yeah. <laughs> Got them out. He just, he just keeps this. He keeps a crock pot going of really rancid boiling water, what? just, just, and just. Two or three bags of hot dogs at a time. <laughs> I, uh, you can just I just walk by and grab one whenever he needs one. Yeah. I did some really nice curb picking the other day. I, I scored this, uh, and I sent some pictures to Nick of yeah. this 1950s era air compressor. That, that from doing from looking at it, I believe what it is is it's an air compressor, but it almost looks factory built. It's hard to tell, but it's like it's based off the air brake system off of a truck. So the compressor head is this funky Bendix Westinghouse compressor head. And then it has like the two, like just like a, a heavy truck has the two little tanks for the air brakes. Yeah. And it sits on top of that and everything. And it's not, it doesn't have a, an electric pressure switch. The, that the compressor head itself has an unloader. So 
when it gets up to 100 pounds, it, it bleeds itself. The unloader goes. It keeps the pistons keep moving and everything. It just stops. But it's like super silent. It works yeah. great. I'm like, wow. Somebody just pushed this out in their tree lawn. I I went past it. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And so no matter what happens, it always maintains 100 psi. Yeah, the electric motor that never it, stops running keeps running. So like you, you could convert it over to a gas engine. And just let the gas engine idle, and it'll just stay at 100 pounds. It, it, wow. it's, it's made to be, you know what I mean? It's it's basically the air brake pump for a like a, a, a truck. Yeah, every diesel, every diesel bus, and everything I've ever had is runs the same way. You turn it on, and and it's just it goes. It never stops going. The only thing it does is it it goes into service or out of service, but it yeah. maintains you know 100 psi. And let me ask you this: it, with air brakes, is this correct? that the brakes automatically squeeze. It's the air that keeps them apart? Yeah, that is correct. Okay. So, like, when you park a big truck, we drive a lot of big trucks at work and everything, and so when you park it, uh, now they're all automatic. None of them are stick or anything. But there's a yellow knob that, you you know, on the dash, it's for the air brakes. You push that, and it bleeds the air out of the system, and then that locks the brakes. So when you start the truck up, if if it has a leak in the brake system, which a lot of old trucks, whatever, They'll leak down. You'll start it up, and like an ambulance, the ambulances are notorious because they have air ride suspension and stuff too. So you get a leak in your air ride suspension, and if it's sitting for a while, it's sagging, and it and you can't move it because the, until you, you know, rev up the motor and get up enough air, you can't. You know, it won't move. So why, when a truck is going downhill, they're worried like if the they they the air system goes out or has a leak, it won't stop. Wouldn't that automatically stop, or does it overheat the brakes or something? I think it's the brakes overheating. Okay. Yeah, maybe overheating or something like that because I mean, if you lost air, it's gonna stop. It should lock the wheels. I mean, generally. Yeah. If you ever see, if you ever see an eighteen wheeler going down the road and the rear axles on the trailer are on fire, you know, there's <laughs> smoke and shit. Yeah. It's because those dangly uh, rubber hoses that go back from the cab of the truck to the trailer have sprung a leak, uh-huh. and they've lost their air support. And then that will cause the brakes at the back of the trailer to engage. So yeah. even though the truck is still got full power and everything and it's rolling along, the trailer will have gradually more engagement of these rear brakes until they go on fuego. And uh, that's usually when you smell that smell and you see the, the truck off the side of the road, that's usually what's happened is that uh, they burned up their rear brakes. Happens Ooh, more often than you think because the truck drivers tend to take really good care of their their tractors, but the trailers are usually owned by whatever company they're picking up the load from, and they don't see a whole lot of maintenance. Mm. That's the yellow. So, so then if you have a trailer, that's the air brake system for that. There's a red knob. So yeah. then when you when you park it, you pull the yellow and the red if you if there's a trailer behind it. Yeah, and and that's just another thing too is like if you're if you ever like have to move a diesel vehicle, if somebody throws you the keys to a diesel vehicle and, uh, or, you know, a big commercial sized vehicle and you're not familiar with it, you'll get in there and you might try to put the thing in gear and it might not let you put it in gear if it has an automatic transmission until it's been idling long enough to get that pressure up on the gauge over 90 PSI. Is that a scrode sack behind you? You have a scrode sack behind What? Oh God! I think oh. that's the uh, I think that's the Sarlacc that uh, that the Mandalorian fell into. Yes. That's not a scrode sack. The last time we saw Boba Fett, he was heading into one of those. 
But yeah, I every once in a while I get to drive a fire truck or something like that. That's a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd think that would be fun. Like you'd think you'd be like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to drive a fire truck. No, because yeah. the first thing you have to do is back it out of the garage and right. pull it and then back it into a garage and stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. And if there's cameras on a $20,000 Ford Fiesta, why the shit aren't there like 15 cameras on a fire truck? There are none. Yeah. It seems like that would <laughs> be the first thing I would take care of. supposed to back you up. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the, the military's yeah. thing was you didn't back up any military vehicle until you had a ground guide behind you and in front of you. So, you know, somebody would – yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the – right. Well, that's how the fire, you know, the fire trucks and everything like that, even the ambulances, the, the second guy, whoever's riding along is supposed to go back there and back you up. Sure, back you up, absolutely. But I, I got nobody to back me up, so I'm, I'm driving a fucking ladder truck trying to back it out into traffic, you know, right past the entrance to the facility. Everybody's coming in and out and everything. <laughs> I usually turn the, if I have to, I'll go lights, and if I really have to, I'll go siren, and that usually <laughs> go lights and siren, and then, hey. I'm pretty sure you can get away with it. You know, like that's that whole thing is yeah. used to have when I worked at the police department, all of our maintenance guys um, that would go pick up the cars and ferry them between our service garage and the motor pool. Um, they were on the other sides of town. So occasionally you'd see like a 21 year old kid with a mullet driving a police car. <laughs> and we never went to the trouble of putting like the, the bags over the light, the light mm -hmm. bars or the visit bars. Mm -hmm. So you'd just be driving down the street and you'd see another car coming down when you'd be like, you know, go wave at the guy or toot the, you know, toot the horn at him. And you'd realize, I hope to God that kid's not stealing a police car. <laughs> it's like, so anybody that thinks that uh, Cleveland Moto and all the guys involved in the podcast don't help each other out, Nick, every week he posts how he's working on his Fiat and the thing's a pile of shit and it's breaking down and dying hey man. and everything. And then he goes, and Mike, our friend Mike, that was on the podcast for a while and is doing things, Nick goes and recommends that his 16-year-old son should definitely have a Fiat. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I did not recommend that he bought a Fiat. I He asked me what I thought of it. I explained every single thing that has gone wrong with my Fiat, and he still bought it. So, And then the very next day, the very next day he texted me as like, uh, asking for advice because he took the brakes apart and apparently there's like a, a, a bolt on the caliper bracket that's all stripped out. <laughs> no, he said that you were very enthusiastic about the car and it wasn't as bad as you made it sound. And and, and I never said that. <laughs> I think you were just trying to get some misery out of somebody else. You're like, I can't wait to hear these stories coming back. Hey, Phil, can you give me my cat back, please? Oh, sure, John. Here you go. Come on, here you go. Sorry, John's over there. <laughs> Wait, did that cat go from John to Nick? <laughs> now you're noticing? Yeah. Traveling cat. It, it, now it is kind of interesting that three of us all have black cats. Black oh, yeah, cat. that's got my cat now. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> John, I think I think he looks happier with you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Merrick, do you see this? So, John, what's your cat's name? Oliver. Oliver? 
<laughs> Oliver, Oliver close off. Oliver close off. <laughs> here, oh, yours next. Here, you you want to pet him? Here you go. Here you go. Oh wait, hand me the cat. I need the cat. Oh, <laughs> uh, mine fucked off. <laughs> As they do. As I the- must be at Nick's house. Yep. <laughs> oh, I see him coming now. <laughs> oh, really? There you go. The cat gets around, man. <laughs> he hasn't been on two screens at the same time, though. So that's true. Know, it's just like Superman. Cat. Yeah, Superman and Clark Kent. <laughs> yep. You'll never see him. Yep. The uh, the uh, I do. So, what's your Nick? What's your cat's name? My cat's name is Nimoy, like Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My cat's name is uh, Lucifer. <laughs> Lucifer. 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 Yeah. He goes by Lou. Or Sweet Lou. What a guy. What a guy. uh, (laughs) I love that. Dog water release valve. Kromke's uh, background is pretty good for Oscar. (laughs) Yeah. So that's it. Uh, So what do we think is safe of the idea of, like, getting in the backyard with a fire pit? Um, Well, tomorrow's going to be 60, and I'm going riding. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like a plan. Tomorrow I'm going to be working on my car. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Your Fiat? Yeah. Who's in the well, fire? Okay, again, you sent the, the coolest picture of Letter Nimoy to the, the group text. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, boy. I, uh... Ooh. Oh yeah! I'd say there's damn precious. What the hell? Oh, look at that! Awesome Fucking hell, man! I like it. I like the way he paused long enough to get the headlights open for that shot. So he made sure to park the car with the headlights on, so that you could see more. Yeah, that's pretty rad. And the boots are cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The, uh, you know, I sold the sandbar, so the sandbar's gone. Already? Yep. That was quick. Yeah, so I sold the sandbar to a guy that actually just lives in Sheffield, so he's right down the street, and uh, I just sold the uh, I just sold the Toyota Estima. Don't call it a Previa. What? So that, that leaves tomorrow, and uh, yeah, we're 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 seems to be a lot of interest in little Japanese cars, and that I got somebody sniffing around the FJ80. That business seems to be going be better boat, than the right? bike business. Well, yeah, what'd you say, Steve? I said my, my truck should be on the boat right now. Yeah, it, it is. It is on the boat. Yeah. Yeah, the town ace. Another one? What are you getting? The town ace? Oh, it's a yeah, dump Steve's truck. getting a town ace dump truck. Hmm. So the, uh, the, the weird thing, though, is despite all today's turmoil and everything else that's happening, um, the customs department did see fit to seize one of my cars because it was manufactured uh, in 1995, but it doesn't specify what month, in what month it was manufactured in 1995. So customs, being that they have so much extra manpower right now, thought it would be a good idea to seize that one and so until they could figure out exactly in which month it was made. Uh, Kind of an ambiguous 
task, considering that it's clearly a 1995. Oscar, wake up. What if they found out it was like made in June or July? Would they right. charge you fees or something? Or what I have no idea. It's never happened before. Uh, the Sambar <laughs> did get a, an in-depth inspection because it was also a 95. And I think there's just somebody out there, some customs agent, who's just like, you know, one of these days I'm going to catch one of these motherfuckers bringing a butt car in two months ahead of when they should. You know? Uh, yeah, I, I don't get it. So... Wasn't, the, uh, wasn't that a big deal, like with um, uh, the uh, Skyline or something in Florida? Guys were pulling them in like a year or two early, and like it became a huge sting operation to get these guys because, God forbid, they brought a Skyline that was 24 years old in. Yeah, something. and they did have a weird thing. If you look it, it up, there's Skylarks, a- Buick Skylarks, they were bringing in. <laughs> <laughs> there's a pretty good story about a company that was supposedly. Um, remanufacturing them or or altering them and bringing them in and they were like only 15 years old and they got away with it they got some sort of a, a they got some sort of a pass that they could do that for a minute and then it was determined that the guy who said he was altering the cars and making them to modern safety standards wasn't doing it but the customers who'd already paid for the cars and got them released there's a handful of uh, skylines that are in fact less than 25 years old that the federal government customs DOT did allow in, even though they weren't 25 years old. Let me ask you this. What if I wanted to race one? What if I was a big drift guy and I I don't want to, I didn't want to do it on the road. I wanted to do class D drift or something. And I wanted to have a right, right hand drive uh, skyline, 15 year old skyline. No problem. Show or competition only. All they're going to ask you to do is to put up a $50,000 bond that promises that you're not going to use it on the street. Okay. And, uh, and that if they ever find out that you're using it on the street, you forfeit the bond, you lose your $50,000 bond. <laughs> that's all. Yep. That's all. That's how you do it. It's real easy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty fucking simple actually, you know, easy come easy go. Yeah. That's kind of cool. If you want to race or do something, at least it gives you an avenue to do it. Right. Yeah. That's exactly it. And as long as you're going to play by the rules and you're not going to try to title it or you're not going to try to put it on the road, but just don't get caught with your dick in the cookie jar, you know? Mm-hmm. So Mine's in 92, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's, I mean. I, just put I, a I, dealer tag on it. It'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, that's usually, um, that's usually our answer for everything is just put a dealer tag on it until it's an age of which that, you know, you could legally title it. So you need to help me get dealer tags. I mean, no. I have to go to dealership. <laughs> no, no, don't do no. that. No, that is, that is not a solution. That's a bigger problem. So uh, becoming a dealer is never the solution. It is only a fucking problem. If I have 20 motorcycles, why should I plate every single thing when I don't drive them every day? Because becoming a dealership now takes all of the control that you have over your life and means that now you have to jump through a bureaucracy chain that has been established since Henry Ford decided that we should all have cars. Okay, so I'm better off the way I am? Yeah, you're way better off the way you are. Just fucking put, put historicals on everything and have fun that way and know the rules for historicals. You know, has and, anybody here been caught during the um, 
like because we're we're not supposed to be leaving home or anything like that. Have you been riding historical plated vehicles around and every day? Yeah. So so <laughs> no cops have been like, hey, what are you doing? There's no club events going on. There's no. I mean, I'm I'm still taking it to or from getting serviced or to yep. or from selling it or to or from, you know, uh, taking pictures of it to sell it. Throwing it off or sell, yeah. Right. I mean, there's still there's still a million things. In fact, probably more now that we could be doing uh, that are within the rules of historical registration on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or you know. Oh, that's true. Yeah. On a work work day. Let me ask you this: and, If you have a bike with historical plates on it, right? Yeah. Unless the cop sees you riding to work every day and has been like, "Look, dude, I've seen you 22 days in a row ride right. this to work," right? Right. I mean, shit. Yeah. yeah, like what can they do? At, at some point, you'd be like, "Yeah, my real car didn't start. I have to get to work. I'm taking my fuck." They're gonna cite you for. They're gonna incite you. They're gonna write you a ticket for improper use of plates, um, which is you know it's a it's a minor misdemeanor. Um, it's a traffic offense as anything else is a traffic offense. And ultimately, you're gonna decide to pay the ticket or you're gonna fight the ticket, which I don't know why you'd fight it, uh, but you'd fight it and you'd try to say like, "Well, I have proof," like. Uh, Daniel Kromke, every time he rides his motorcycle, he says he's going, like, he creates a Facebook event <laughs> and invites me to his Facebook event that turns out to be Daniel just wants to ride his vintage bike on a Wednesday, right. you know? <laughs> like, so, and God forbid Daniel were to be pulled over, he would have the best alibi ever that he was going to an event because that, fuck, man, he can show you on Facebook that not only was there an event, but I was invited to it. Right. You know? And who cares how many people showed up? There was an event, you know? So, so Ian doesn't draw many people to his events anyhow. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, right. so can, we, can we add a running <laughs> event for the whole summer called uh, Cleveland Moto Goes to a Bar? And, like, it's just, it's just Monday to Friday or Sunday or something? I think bars are going to be shut down for most of the summer. Well, I'm saying in normal times, not during the apocalypse. Well, here's an interesting thing. What about people that do, like, geocaching? Yeah. You know, that's an event. Um, they're participating in an event. They're, uh, and they might be in a geocaching group. I mean, the group, like, geocaching itself is a participatory event. And if, if you were doing that event, um, the key word here that I keep saying is event. Right. And that's kind of what historical plates are all about. So it, it can be anything. You can say I'm going to a club meeting. And yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. So that's what, um, I, that's what I said. Literally, Rocky River pulled me over and I said that I was, well, I had, I was a field rep for the Vintage Japanese Motorcycle Club. So I pulled yeah. that card on him. Right. I said, I'm, the field, I'm a field, field rep for the Vintage Japanese Motorcycle Club, and I'm just coming home from a meeting. Right. And he was like, okay, you're good. And that was the only reason he pulled me over is because I was driving at night with a vintage plate. Yeah. I don't think at any point in my childhood we ever had a vehicle in the driveway that wasn't historical, right? And so dad's thing was he always had a bag from Napa or Four City Auto Parts that had a belt and a rotor and a couple of spark plugs, but no receipt. And if he ever got pulled over, he'd be like, well, yeah, I had to run down to the parts store and get a belt and a cap and a rotor and some spark plugs because I'm going to do a tune-up on the car. And here it is. Well, we threw it away like we all do, of course, you know. <laughs> you know? 
And uh, then that becomes like, well, it's kind of a hard argument to be like, well, could he prove that he had a receipt for the parts he had behind the seat? I got a feeling a judge is going to punch it down the road on that one. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it is historical vehicles. Uh, you know, that's one of the reasons uh, um, that, that I'm into them is because they, they do kind of, you know, that whole 50-year license plate thing, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. So, yeah, it's yeah, I was thinking this year that the rusty Buckeye would be the perfect thing to do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because I do agree. I think that camping out, which yeah. would, would give you the like the six foot radius of you know be mm -hmm. beyond the people, right? And and I mean it just it would be something that we could do together. Yep, be apart. Yeah, I I do agree, and I think that. Um, they're joking. Oscar, did you see the scooter, the 2020 My Scooter Rally got canceled patch? Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> Which is literally like a one-man pup tent with a scooter parked next to it that was like My Scooter Rally got canceled 2020. <laughs> and so it's like a rally patch for everybody whose rallies got canceled. <laughs> yeah. But it is well, true. Have, like, you probably have to have about a half a dozen of those. Yeah, <laughs> that's, and so it is. Yeah, you 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 want to go out and ride. You want to go out and have a good time. And and this is just, it is still one of the things we just. It just happens to be in our part of the country. We've had particularly shitty weather for the past week or two. That while we've been sort of on lockdown, we haven't wanted to go out and ride around on bikes because the weather's been crap. You know, today pretty good weather. Pretty good weather for March though. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. today today was amazing outside and sitting here working and looking outside with the sun glaring. It was like, uh, wanted to be outside, man. <laughs> I did a conference call on my porch. Hey, Sleepy, if you're going riding tomorrow, I'll go with you. <laughs> you're going to be alive? <laughs> uh, I mean, shit, a bottle of bourbon. You think that's going to kill me? Nah, it'll be fine. All right, I'll hit you up. Yeah. I will be working, so I'll be at the shop between you know noon and six or something, or eleven and six or something like that. Um, yeah, well, Sunday we. Bill. Everybody who's been stuck at home, they're doing all kinds of cleaning. So right. have you been cleaning the shop? You've got all the dust out of the corners and everything, and waxed we've been, all the bikes. John, we've been busy as shit. So you know we're down to a mechanic and a half. All right. So we got Sparky and his son, and mm -hmm. we really. Like, if you went into the service department right now, you'd see that we're about 18 to 20 bikes behind. Is Sparky wow. okay? Sparky's fine, but, like, um, his wife went in. She had to get a test because she was exposed and she was showing symptoms. Mm. So she got tested. They had to be on quarantine for a couple of days, and then her results came back that she was not – she was just regular sick. She wasn't COVID sick. Oh, cool. And so um, he was allowed to come back to work. And, you know, it's, it's just I've been super aggressive bringing in a lot of service work and be, to compensate for the lack of sales that we have. So uh, it's not like we're welcoming people to come into the shop to buy a helmet or a pair of gloves or to browse around or whatever. So there just hasn't been much demand for that. So I'm – kind of turning up the service department. Well, that's, um, it's great for us, but it's tough on Sparky. So um, if any of you guys feel like you need a few hours um, or you want to get some wrench time in, please swing by the shop. We'll be happy to point you in the way of a, 
you know, a basic service or whatever your skill level feels like it can handle on that particular day? I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much up to like cleaning the blue stuff off of buddy white wall tires. <laughs> but that's about my level. That's about your level of prepare. <laughs> that's it. The, uh, when Sparky got called off, um, James and I looked at each other and James and I were like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh james i know james i know james all the bikes i'll just lift them that's what i'll do let's yeah, james fought with the uh, james fought with the tire machine for about four hours um so i i think i think james said that um we had lost 75 dollars when he did a, a two tire change so that's <laughs> And uh, I, I did a couple of I did a couple of basic services that I think cost us about thirty bucks a piece to do <laughs> that we made absolutely no profit margin on. So, uh, but yeah, like it, it got a little scary there when we were looking at the idea of uh, you know Sparky being out of the shop for a long time. So, hey, tell James he stores me a breakfast. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, so he's been, I think one of his things is he's doing the virtual barbecue and uh, he's taught, reached out to a lot of people because James does quite a bit of cooking. Like he's a pretty good, he's a pretty good cook. And I guess what he's done is he's, uh, he's going to prepare a bunch of meals for people and uh, deliver them, you know, kind of either you come to the shop and pick them up or he'll deliver them to where you are. So, yeah. So he's doing it because he wants to have a barbecue but he's not, you know, we're not allowed to get people together. Mm-hmm. So rather than get people together, he's going to bring the food to you or you can come and get the food. So, yeah, it's a weird thing. I was thing. thinking, like, can't, there, can't we come up with, like, some sort of, like, divider thing that we can set up, you know, basically like a cubicles that you set up in your backyard and everybody <laughs> has their own little spot that they can be in and you can look at each other, maybe like plexiglass, and you can see each other, but... You can't really contaminate each other. John, what you're describing is a habit trail. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> or a, a strip club in this one part of Canada, but it's kind of shady. <laughs> you just slide the money in. Yeah. <laughs> I you have press, a sense around. You press a button and it distributes loonies and toonies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have the fence around our backyard so that we're, you know, that's kind of cool. We can sit there and talk to the neighbors on the other side of the fence. Right. It's going to be a weird thing that we haven't thought about yet is like, you know, so once the weather gets warmer, not right now, but if this continues on into June, we're going to want to be using the lake. Right. Um, and, and that's a weird thing too. Cause I mean, yeah, we're totally distancing ourselves because we're in water and you know, there'll be a lot of space around us, but they're already restricting a lot of access to the Metro parks because a couple of weeks ago I was riding a motorcycle through the Metro parks and I stumbled upon um, a social, uh, a social car gathering Mm. is the nicest way to say it. And there were about 60 or 70 cars that were in the Metro parks that were all in one of those parking areas and they were having a car show. Oh dude, people, people are dumb. The last yeah. podcast that we did where we actually went to your shop and we were yeah. you know, six feet away, on the way home that night, that's when he said everything was shut down, like all bars and stuff. There was a bodega with 200 people partying in the, the fucking parking lot of the bodega, hand in hand, hammered, 
like you know partying. So people are dumb. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't see, I don't see anything in the near future where we're going to have any opportunity to do that um, kind of getting together thing. And uh, what about like people that are into cars and coffee? Like cars and coffee, the concept is like your car. You're near your car. Um, and you're certainly more than six feet away and you're wandering around looking at all these other cars, but you know, you're out in the world and you're, you're proximal. Well, here's what's going to happen. A lot of people in a relatively small area. Yeah. Here's what's going to happen. There's going to be dating sites for people who are already caught it. So if you you can't get it again, so those people are going to they're going to start getting together and having big parties okay, and laughing. COVID. I like it. Like, we can't get it, so we're going to hang out. It's like, nice. well, I'm going to go. I had the COVID. I can't even be around my girlfriend. I'm going to go find a new girl. <laughs> they're not sure about that, though, because the people in Wuhan that had it are getting it again. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, really? It's coming. Oh, don't there are, there are definitely people who've had it once who are having it more than once. So, yep. And they also said that people that tested negative now two weeks later are starting to pass test positive again in Wuhan. Yeah. So that's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a big thing that the Chinese aren't really, you know, like, we know that, and it's no surprise. I mean, we know that the Chinese aren't going to give us the full story, you know. Exactly. But a lot of our estimates and a lot of our calculations were based off of what they told us, which turns out to not be so accurate right. at all. Well, that's, that's the, people that shit in holes and eat, <laughs> and eat dogs. I mean, seriously. But well, let, me, let me ask you this. Has anybody thought about what was uh, North Korea's fucking uh, Christmas gift? Could this be that? I, I absolutely I mean, have no idea. And like, that's one of those things, too, where I'm like, hey. I mean, that's where, I mean, in 10 years when that story comes out, I'll be like, wow, Sleepy was really, uh, he was really f- out in front on that one. Everybody <laughs> forgot about North Korea said, hey, for Christmas, we're giving you something. So yeah. how sneaky would it be to send that shit down to China knowing that we get everything from China and it was going to hit us anyways? Yeah. It totally takes him out of the equation. Right. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to yeah. the coast of China. China is their biggest ally. I mean, in fact, China is the only reason that they can still exist. I mean, right. yeah. they the only contiguous border that they have with anybody else is China. So, China. Right. yeah, with North Korea for sure, absolutely. With North Korea, it's a case of don't shit where you eat. Yeah, um, I, I what I did you guys hear that? I mean, it's a. I'm going to say this name, and I know it's a Tucker Carlson thing, but he was just regurgitating something that. He picked up, which was supposedly a paper where they examined the origins of the coronavirus, and they're actually saying, and it's not bioweapons facilities that are in Wuhan. It's actually uh, just like a CD, like the, the Chinese version of the CDC is there, mm-hmm. and that they actually were they're doing experiments of coronavirus on these bats, which were never actually sold in the wet markets. They actually they were saying that they. But what they think may have happened was somebody at the facility was taking the bat meat and, and, and selling it as something else. But meanwhile, it was bat meat that was that they were testing coronaviruses out and shit. Well, dude, today at six o'clock during the news, when the president was given a thing, right? At one point, it just caught me really weird. He said, "We all know this is manufactured now," and he just moved on from it. Yeah. And like, I was like what the fuck, like, he just said, like, and of course, this is manufactured, and I was like, 
how come that's not like grade A top of the story? Like, what do you mean it's manufactured? Like, that was really interesting to hear today. Well, I, I guess I it's, all I guess it's what, what take you take on it. I agree. Manufactured man. it in the disease itself was manufactured in the lab, or the whole pandemic was manufactured to, you know what I mean? I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm just saying, but it was really weird how that got skipped over and nobody mentioned it. And I was sitting there going, like, what, what was manufactured? That was my thing. I was like, wait a minute. What, what was manufactured? I want to know. I think that I think we're all extremely willing to accept a lot of horrible things in the name of convenience and profit. Yeah. I, I fear like that we've kind of walked away from quality control. Yeah. And I think I, you, I fear, what you said, Phil, in the past was that, you know, these guys got it from this cave in, in Wuhan, like they were smoking in there and getting it. Yeah. It well, was just, you know what? The, the, regardless of how they got it, the Chinese government knew that they had it. They knew they had a problem, and they should have really, they should have told the world that, hey, listen, we got a problem here, and we should deal with this right now, and we shouldn't like allow anybody to, to escape from this fucking Wuhan province because this is going to cause a problem. There's a David. I, 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 regardless if it's a, a government conspiracy or not a government conspiracy, the Chinese government covered it up because they're fucking communists. Check this out. This is this is 100 percent not third party. This is not anything. This is my buddy. So my buddy Craig <laughs> lived in Wuhan, and he was. It's the Craig report. No, but seriously. <laughs> my friend Craig moved to China ten years ago, and he's been an English teacher in China, and he happened to live in Wuhan. And so in early December, he was posting stuff on Facebook like, yo, people are getting sick. I'm coming home. Mm-hmm. And so he came back to the United States and was, he, he had to go through all this stuff, got screened and everything, whatever. Zero. Well, no, yeah. not, not at all. He's, he's still here. He's not sick, whatever. But like, so he had friends from Wuhan still sending him pictures. And as early as like my surgery was December 30th. And I think a week after that, he was sending pictures saying people are passing out in the streets dying. This is serious. and It's going to hit here. And his posts were getting deleted from Facebook, and he didn't know why. Like, Facebook was actively deleting. If, if, if he got a post from China and reposted it on Facebook, they would delete it and say that it was fake news. And they did that all, all the way up to, like, about a few weeks ago, and now, like, uh, his posts have returned. Is he dead right now? So no, he's not dead. earthquake in uh, California, 4.6, just a few minutes ago. So just. Oh, really? Yeah. What part of Cali? Uh, near San Diego. Do they feel 4.6s anymore? <laughs> it's so common. Oh, it used to be so common. It's just like, right. yeah. But yeah. If anybody wants some fun, because you, if you have some downtime, there's a a movie that starred David Duchovny. Um, <laughs> that was called Evolution. Oh yeah. And it's one of my absolute favorite movies from a, a strange biological standpoint. And uh, it, there's nothing serious about it. It's it's all silly fun. But uh, it is a really fun one if you want to kind of take a look and be like how shit spreads. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, evolution's a fun one. So if you get a chance, you want to you wanna watch that. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's just a, it's a silly, to- total throwaway movie. There's nothing about it. Um, that movie is awesome. Because the got- <laughs> shoulder saves the world. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's the uh, it saves the world. Head and shoulders. shoulders. <laughs> yeah, head and shoulders. The uh, selenium, selenium. Uh, but 
we were uh, we were so tapped out on watching uh, virus plague related shit and news that last night we watched the very first episode of Roger Moore in The Saint. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I've seen the whole series. Yep, and I did too, but many many years ago. Yeah. So um, if you want to, it, it's again. This is totally, and it's out there. It's you know, it's it's on your you know servers. You can download it. But the very first episode, 1962, and he's hot rodding around the English countryside in a badass Batwing Volvo. Um, it's <laughs> really kind of um, contradiction. Really, I mean, it's really good storytelling. It's a really good plot, and they don't let you in on it until it's like the tension is there. Uh, it's, it's, it's really good storytelling and it's uh, Roger Moore at his absolute best. So uh, that is a, that's an awesome series. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. And it's funny because My it pick is virtuosity, virtuosity. <laughs> and it's on Roku. If you have a Roku, you can get it for free. Mm -hmm. It's on the Roku channel. Yeah. Virtuosity is fun. Pluto, Pluto, whatever. TV. Right. Yeah. But if you yeah. want to watch a good movie, with Denzel Washington. Yep. That's yeah, fun. Virtuosity. And Russell Crowe. Hey, speaking of spies and stuff, have you guys ever seen the Flint series? Like My Man yeah. Flint? My like Man Flint. Yeah. So good, man man. Flint. I just watched those the other day. So yeah. good. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. it. So anybody got anything else? I don't this is it, man. I mean – if you want to watch a, the motorcycle culture grind to a fucking halt, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's this. It's not letting us play with each other. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to keep myself busy playing with myself. <laughs> well, tomorrow, I mean, Chris, if we're riding tomorrow, we're going to go around. Gonna play with each other? Hero. Whoa, 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 whoa. A growler. Say around. Yeah, yeah, yeah so we, we can do that. Noon, meet at the shop, meet in front of Phil's shop and leave at noon or something. Noon, 12 to four. Yeah, a couple hours. There you yeah, go. I, I'll, I'll go riding at noon. Okay. That's cool. Very Steve, good. Steve, I got to borrow a bike. <laughs> you can borrow anything I have <laughs> and back and fresh. Your, you bike, my, my your drifter's ready to go, dude. Tomorrow. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah, your drifter's, your drifter's you say, Steve? perfect and ready to go. Um, your drifter's ready to go. And I think I, I have to check, but I'm pretty sure your V7 is ready to go too. The only bike that I haven't, the only bike of yours that I haven't pulled out of the warehouse yet is the Concourse. So, um, and you know, I I take a bunch of shit from these Kawasaki Concours guys for pronouncing it Concourse. I, yeah, I know. It's, it's, what, yeah, Concourse. what the hell's that shit all about? Yeah. You know, if uh, if you're going to be French, you got to put an E after the end of it. And if there's an E after it, then you can pronounce the S. But if there's no E after the end of it, then you're not allowed to pronounce the S. Woof. That's because too much to remember. Fucking French, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Let's go tomorrow at noon then. Let's let's do let's do this ride at noon tomorrow. And, and Michael Fresh can ride my Africa twin. What? <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Do it. Holy Noon on Lorraine. Uh, Do it. Noon now. What time will you be unloading it off the trailer? <laughs> not on a trailer. I'm riding it home. Uh, uh, I'm serious. Four, okay. High noon. Phil's shop. 
African Send some text messages. Send some text messages. There will be confirmed tomorrow. There at twelve noon with the Africa Twin. If you're not there, you're breaking you. Okay. <laughs> Is that a threat or a promise? A promise. <laughs> all right, guys. That's all we got. Everybody, remember: ride fast and take chances. Sing us out. Okay, press the button, Sleepy. Press the button. I don't have any control.